Southern Vanguard Radio. This is DJ John Doe, and right in front of me is my man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, tell your mama to grab her ankles. Grab them. Grab them tight. We got four days left in this raggly bitch known as 2020. Going out with a bang, shabang, bang, shaboing, boing, man. Well, hey, what, what's happening? What, what, what Mondo Slade saying that joint we played earlier? He's like, tell, <laughs> tell your mama to stop calling my trap phone, man. <laughs> <laughs> she got my, she got my real number, man. Oh, that guy's wild. What's happening? Oh man, not, not much, man. I'm just, uh, just happy to be here as always every Sunday night. Word. Every Word. Sunday night. Uh, Sunday night. You know, uh, feeling great about this upgraded audio we've got, you know, on your yeah, side man. now, you know, during this COVID uh, remote thing that we've got to do. Uh, yeah, episode 274 for, uh, was one for the books. Man. Oh, man. We got, we got a lot from of the, uh From the upgraded audio to the, the third set mega mix. Oh, yeah, the mega mix. Yeah, <laughs> it yeah. Was, it was fucking awesome, man. Well, so we, we dropped 20 keep... joints in like, or if, I don't I know, think something was, like that. I think it was 30. I think it was 37 joints in one set. <laughs> a record, a record here. 37 joints in uh, three minutes. <laughs> in three minutes, dog. <laughs> Gotta be a gotta be a record, man. Gotta be a record, Guinness man. book, world records, shit. You no know? doubt. So, uh, all right, cool, man. Well, how are things on your end? You're on like day what, twelve or thirteen of vacation right now, something like that. I don't, I don't know what day it is. I don't know what time it is. Um, I need what I really need is for the uh, DEA to get these um, over the counter Benadryl meds off the streets. I was high as Cootie Brown today. And <laughs> I wasn't even trying to. I was just trying to dry my sinuses up, man. I fucked around and was on some real crackhead shit, homie. Well, were, you, were you taking off Benadryl? Two little, off two little Benadryl, dog. The they pro- wasn't even Benadryls. They was, they was the equivalent of Benadryl. They was the CVS brand of Benadryl. It's some real dope out here on these streets, man. <laughs> Well, the problem is, is you were drinking and taking the Benadryl, though, right? But check this out. It wasn't even it wasn't even harsh like that. Like and I took the I took the 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 I ain't gonna even call them Benadryls. I'm gonna call them Fenadryls. I took the Fenadryls kind of early. I ate. I went out, ran some errands. I came back and had one 16 ounce beer and lost my whole shit. Yep. I went to sleep. It was daylight. I woke up. It was fucking dog, man. If that ain't some crackhead <laughs> shit, I don't know you what it is. You can't play around man. with that shit, man. I need to talk to the DEA, man. <laughs> I feel bad, man. And I'm, I'm over here scratching and shit and stones and shit. Like, yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh but homie, Lord. I had I had a decent day, man. I gotta um I oh. gotta get my shit together though, man. I gotta go into the office uh few days this week for a couple of hours each day but uh it's oh, yeah. like work yeah but but yeah, i heard just, but i heard you're extending your vacation now too though oh yeah i won't officially a, be back in that bitch until january 7th right exactly so, so it's not all yeah. bad it's not all bad <laughs> not all bad at all man hey did cj fall uh, off i think you did yeah he'll, yeah, he'll, come, he'll come back okay on. yeah no worries yeah well he'll, he'll, all he'll, good he'll all good okay yeah, cool yeah. what's up with you homie um y'all straight over there uh we are straight we are straight uh we've had like i said to you yesterday we, we kind of had some some odd kind of you know weird uh not relapses 
with this COVID thing, you know, last week we told y'all that my, my, my entire family, unfortunately tested positive for COVID-19. Um, and, uh, it was kind of weird. Like, uh, the 23rd or 24th, like, uh, me and the wife kind of just started having some like weird, like just some weird shit kind of happened to us, like stomach hurting, back hurting, uh, it, it's, it's been, it's been a little while, but, uh, I think we are, we finally kind of turned the corner on that. I, I think we're out of the woods officially, I hope, but, um, okay, cool, man. It's been, uh, it's been the, the past couple of days have been pretty stressful, uh, frankly, yeah. but uh, I think, I think, I think we're all right. So, well, uh, like I told you, I'm going to stay on top of that, man. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Just let me know. I got you covered. Of course, but uh, yeah. Other than that, we're good, man. Had a good Christmas. She's been trying to take a light. You know what I mean? So, cool. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's been cool. good. So, uh, how about you, man? How was nice. how was your Christmas, man? Did you get anything under the 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 book? We were talking about the bush last week. There was a you nah. said there was a little bush in your living room <laughs> for a Christmas. Nah, trip. nah. And if you if you check out my post for the day on IG, man, I I have a. Uh, um, documented evidence of the lump of coal that I received. I saw that. <laughs> um, and I wrote a nice little thank you letter to Santa just to let him know that he was a bitch ass nigga. Yeah, I saw that. Um, yeah, yeah. I saw so, that. Uh, so yeah, man, the, the holidays was typically whack as usual. Yeah, for okay. Me, All you right. Know what I'm saying, All but right. I'm good. I'm a G about mine. You know what I'm saying? I keep shit moving. You've been really, drinking good. You know, you been I drinking mean, good? you know, hey, getting high, I'm, Benadryl. You know, I mean, hey, hey. man, I'm. I mean, you got to take your wins where you can get them, man. <laughs> That's all I can say about all that. Right. You got to take your wins where you can get them. All right, yeah. let's, let's get in. Let's get into this rap shit, man. Enough of our personal lives. Uh, ready? Yeah, you ready? All right, let's do it. Uh, if this is the first time you're listening, welcome. This is Southern and Vanguard you're a Radio. If this is the first time you're listening yeah, to exactly. us, you yeah, are true, truly indeed a sucker. Yeah, exactly. We're talking about six years of greatness. Almost if six. You, yeah, if right. this is your first time listening to you, you are a sucker. Yeah. All right, I'm sorry. You, you got a lot of catching up to do. Um, yeah. This is Southern Vanguard Radio. We drop twice a week. On Tuesdays, it's a mix show. On uh, Thursdays, it's an interview session with an MC or a DJ or A&R or cre- just creative type, you know, within the sphere of uh, this hip-hop culture that we love so much. Um, so, you know, make sure you uh, share, like, follow, subscribe, and tell somebody about this little, this little show here. Again, on Tuesdays and Thursdays. Tuesdays is a, a brand-new mix, all-new hip-hop. We play all-new shit here every single week. And then Thursdays, we have an interview session. Uh, last week, we had Mayhem from uh, EMS on. Uh, world premiered some uh, some joints from his uh, upcoming album. Actually, by the time you hear this, the album's out now. So make sure you go check that. And uh, you know, there's shoot, mix what we're on episode two seventy five of the mix show, and we got no doubt over at least two hundred ten or two hundred twenty interviews in the can now, something like that. At least, yeah. So uh, there, there's an archive. So you know, go back and do your homework. Uh, we have some brave souls that have started like at the very, very, very beginning with episode one. Um, you know, you don't have to do that, but, uh, you know, if you want to, the content's there. So, um, make sure no you doubt. follow on all those platforms, Apple podcasts, Spotify podcasts, Google podcasts, YouTube, Stitcher radio, Mixcloud, and makes, we have some affiliates as well to help us spread the word. Yes, we have atlhiphop.com. I am classic return of the boom bap WRBB. X Squad Radio, X Squad Affiliates, all four of those in Atlanta. And then we venture out to the West Coast with Soul Public Radio, Cali. All right, beautiful. 
All yeah. right, let's get into it. We've got some real friends on the phone with us tonight. We've got some real G's on the and phone. Some G's, right now. exactly. <laughs> this is a, a G code right now, man. It's straight G code. Play is, with it. This is almost kind of a part two. Shout out to homie Coop. He's been like, he, he's been telling me, he's like, man, you got to have some part twos. He's like, you got to have Dr. Butcher back on and get some more stories. And uh, the good no news, doubt. the good news is that we have. Not only do we have Dr. Butcher on the horn with us tonight for for kind of the part two follow up, but we have his partner in crime, the one and only C.J. Moore. They have a, they're the masterminds behind the brand new The Odd Couple album from Rob Word. Swift and Mister Sinister, and they are here with us tonight, gentlemen. What up? That's what's up? What up? <laughs> yeah, man. What up? Yeah. Sound, sound, yeah. sound like a Michael Buffer in. In, in, in introduction. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. How you guys doing? Doing great, man. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Glad to hear you and your family are well and awesome. Yeah, thank you, man. It's scary crazy. stuff, man. Scary stuff. It's, it's not uh, yeah. it's not fun. We talked we talked uh, a little bit about it, you know, butcher offline, but uh yeah, we're we're uh, we're we're good, man. We're around the corner, so that's awesome. Yeah. So um, I don't know, man. Why don't you guys just catch us up? Uh, tell everybody about the albums. I, we we played uh, for sure. We played no uh, no sympathy sympathy uh, around the time that it dropped, like Halloween or so, I believe, a few months ago. Um, and we're gonna play some of the instrumentals off the project uh, in episode two seventy five. But uh, you know, CJ or Butcher, I don't know which one of you guys kind of want to catch us up. Like, what's been going on with the project? Because it's been out for uh, for a few months now. Um, tell us what's going on. I haven't. I, I, I mean, I, I don't know what Fat Beats is doing. It's, uh, it seems like you know everybody's out. I guess they just letting it sell and do what it does. Radio has been supportive. Um, we've received a lot of media coverage that's been very positive. Good to see. Um, but as far as singles, we started prepping. We had some ideas for things, but we will have to get back with Fat Beats and Soul Spasm to see. You know, if they just want to move forward, if they're content with, with they are, where they are with sales or what they want to do. Me and CJ have just been working, you know, trying to go forward with other projects. You know, we don't want to sit laying back, wait and see what's going to happen with one project because it's just something that popped up. You know, we did it within five weeks. So um, we're just trying to keep it moving, man, and just keep things going, keep things flowing. Oh, you What's guys did it in that short amount of time? I didn't realize that. Five, five weeks, dude. Yep, five weeks. We were That's dope. Say it again, CJ. What'd you say? We were killing ourselves, but we made it happen. Who was actually cracking the whip, though? Man, you know, Rob, Rob Swift had, had the idea of, of basically... The hurry up and wait syndrome. Where, <laughs> you know, it had to be. It had to be out of a specific time. And normally, see, we do. We we approach Butcher and I. We approach records with the mindset of epic. You know, we try mm. to we try to get a lot of dramatization in in inside of the music. So um, it was rough. It was rough to try to capture that in such a short amount of time and still have some some pretty good silence. And I'm gonna be honest. It's not it's it's not our best, but overall I think it was a really, really good job because it's not our best on our terms. Okay. What we're normally used to, you know, with different things flying from left and right, 
You know, it sounded like you coming out of a car, jumping into the street, coming, going into a subway. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's always cinematic. It's always cinematic, you know, you know, listening to like some of our past stuff. But in general, yeah. but, you know, we were satisfied with it. We definitely satisfied. Yeah, let me ask you this. Uh, given, those, given those same parameters on, a, on another project, do you think you would handle things differently uh, or better? 100%. Okay. 100%. Because, see, All we're right. used to, we, we have a lot of ordinance in how we approach things. You know, mm-hmm. we're, let me tell you something. Me and, me and Butcher will go through a snare drum. For, for for hours, just a just a snare. Just a snare. Hours. <laughs> y'all fucking crazy. Y'all fucking crazy. See, you were motherfuckers out of the studio like y'all. Now, now, will it will it ever come to blows? I mean, like you've always said, you've always hear about crazy stories about motherfuckers fighting over you know which snare to use on a joint. I mean, I hope. It, <laughs> no, no, never. Hey man, uh, all that shit I just said about working with y'all, scratch that shit. I I don't have that kind of fucking time or patience, man. And I'm generally a patient guy, but just nah, man, I'm not fucking with y'all. Yeah, man, we 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 put a we put a lot of effort into stuff, man. It's like we'll go back and forth and 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 swing sounds and and by by us being you know having to do a virtual now. Mm. It's like we have to step our game up 12 paces because we're not in front of each other. Right. So, so something could get lost in the sauce or whatever. Yeah, man. Yeah. So we got to make sure the communication is thorough. Man. I got so, you. So at the end communication of the day, is key, man. Yeah, man. We we wrap our minds around it. We try to, and, and, and always, everything we touch, it always has, all right, it has our signature, but it's always different from one relation to the next. Like if we mm-hmm. if we were producing Akinelli, it has no relation to G Kikuji rap. Right. You know, if, if we were doing, you know, stuff for, I mean, you name it, if it was the artifacts, if it was, if it was ultra magnetic, if it mm-hmm. was, you know, black rock and roll. I'm going back in the days, right? Yeah. So as you as you swing it along from track to track, we all we've always had a distinctiveness of sound for that character or exactly. that system. You know what exactly. I mean? We try to pride ourselves on that where you could where you can kind of like say, okay, that is them, but mm-hmm. it's a little different. They went on, mm-hmm. they went to the left or they went to the right. Yeah. So that, that's kind of our marker. We 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 hustle for that. That's what's up. And and just just to backtrack a little bit, the fact that y'all go through that type of torture for drums in an era <laughs> in an era of music where they don't even use fucking drums no more. <laughs> I had to I had to take my hats off to y'all for that alone. Yeah man. It's, it's I appreciate that. It, it's 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 kind of challenging. Yeah, it's challenging. Listening like like listening we we appreciate craftsmanship. Like we're listening to somebody, we're pulling things out of the air like yo mm-hmm. how he did that you heard how he said that I'm I'm meticulous on an ad lib got you if, if, if you go in there and you're doing specific ad libs to enhance the track give it some t- sort of a feeling it's like okay that shit was hot let's move that to the left let's go get this little kid to jump on there to do this one little particular part we, yeah he might he might travel two hours to say six words you know wow. what I mean? so in general it everything is key Everything is definitely key, man. We we put it in as much as we can because 
We want to look back on it. Dope. Look back on it, reflect on it, say, yeah, this shit was dope. Dope. Butcher, we know what part of the country you in. Uh, CJ, where you at? I'm in North Carolina. Okay, North yep. Cat. Yep, yep. yep. All right. Carolina. Yes, sir. All right. Yes, sir. Had, I, had, I had to get a little bit of peace and quiet. <laughs> All that New York ruckus shit had to go. <laughs> oh, okay. You originally from up top. Got you. From up top. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> How do you, you know, guys historically Durham Durham got some shit too. Durham Durham got that music up there too. Yeah, man. Yeah. Man, so many musicians out here, man. It's crazy. right. I ran through the churches just looking for cats. Wow. Created like an install business. Like I strategically came here and said, all right, I'm gonna put my footprint down by doing business. So I went down to the guitar center, I felt myself around because I didn't, you know, I didn't know who was who. Got family mm-hmm. here, but I didn't know who was who musically. Yeah. And it opened up. Floodgates open up, man, from players to to singers to arrangers to techs to a lot of different things, man. I, I put a put a nice little slew of characters together so we you know we can cover bases and cover grounds. Nice. Guys, what was the division of labor on this project? Like Butcher, would you start with, you know, uh like a, a bass, you know, beat or composition, and then CJ's enhancing, or did you guys go back and forth? Like, how did, how did, how'd that work? It varies, dude, with everything we do. Like, I can have an idea, and if I get stuck, I'll be like, yo, see, listen to this, do you hear anything? Or vice versa, he'll start something. We'll just sit there with atmosphere, any sound set, dude, just playing around, and like, yo, that sounds crazy. And then we just start exchanging ideas, sending you know, MP3s or whatever, back and forth, and see what we can come up with and add, take away stuff, and just keep building on the track. Okay. Uh, you know, we need musicians. We have cats around, and we can head up bass players and so forth that we can use. If we don't like what we're doing, if we don't, if it doesn't sound authentic enough, and we feel like we need to bring some heavy hands, then we'll bring them in. Right, okay. gotcha. But you guys like had a different approach from a. Um, from a production standpoint in terms of it being a DJ record, right? Like, I mean, you guys had some different goals, I guess, or? It was infusing the turntables, but I mean, CJ, has a, he's always, he's not a DJ, but he's always been a DJ head in the sense that even when he was signed to Tommy Boy, he would always have me in the studio with him. We were like friends since we were 14 years old, and he would always bring me in the studio to scratch on his songs when he was with Tommy Boy, so... He always has this DJ mindset. So the project, we just had tracks that we got people to fit verses on. And in the midst of him mixing, if Rob and Sin didn't send us scratches, we would just throw stuff in that he may have had stockpiled scratches and just put it in. So you have that element in all of the songs, even if they're not going crazy, like no sympathy. Um, you know, you just hear a little scratching and stuff. Right. And you know, we thought it was good. We didn't, you know, they have enough scratch records. I think it was time we kind of get some records, you know, out there that people can just vibe to, man. And I, you can only go for so long listening to scratches, you know? I mean, right. you hear music. Uh, so that was kind of the intent with this project. And it started out as a sinister project, you know, um, the syndrome. And as they started, we started working on that, they actually got the rain commercial and they did rock the bells and other things were happening for the odd couple. And Sinister was asking if it would be okay to turn his project into an odd couple project. I said, sure. I sent a few songs to Rob that had a Sinister feel. Sinister's project was, uh, it was a lot of things, just R&B, all types of stuff. It wasn't just hardcore hip-hop. Oh, okay. 
work the gamut of music. But I sent a few sinister type sounding joints to Rob. And he's like, yo, based on these three, we should go for a Halloween release and stick with this vibe. So I just snatched somewhat the hard joints off the project. And that's what we kind of ran with. And we just had to get the artists on it and just kind of max them out because some things weren't done. And, you know, we wanted to make them feel like songs and put some theory and structure to the music as well. And gotcha. Mixing and just getting everything right. Because, like I said, it was definitely tough sitting up at night, three, four in the morning. And then getting up for work. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Oh, oh yeah. It was hardcore, dude. It was hardcore. Yeah. I didn't realize you guys had that quick of a turnaround. That's crazy. Yeah. 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 Dude, five weeks. Yeah. You got to not. Tell press yourself. You can get it. You can get it. But it's sometimes it's not quality, also. But we were mm. lucky. Yeah. Yeah. Because that's the thing with us. Like CJ said, once, you know, and, and I know Quincy Jones said this, once it's final. Once it's, it's final, once on vinyl, it's final, once on vinyl, something like that. But, nah. you know, we've always kept that in the back of our minds that, you know, more than the pay, your music has to represent you. So no matter what you do, you want the quality to be there as opposed to rushing to get the check, you know. And so when you're dealing with individuals sometimes when you're working in the studio at various places where it's the rush to turn things in and the quality is being sacrificed, man, that's like the, depleting to us. I mean, it's like come on, man, like, you know, what are you doing this for? And then when it comes out, and it's whack, you get the blame. You know what I'm saying? So, <laughs> always. <laughs> always, always. So it's like, nah, nah, nah. We've got to represent ourselves as well. You know, this paycheck ain't doing that. So we got to make sure our signature and our stamp of approval is there. So Right. Yeah, I, I like that you guys got some, uh, you guys got some new cats too, like from a, from a rhyme standpoint. Like you, you yeah. didn't go out and just get like the, you know, the, the the folks that are on the circuit, right? Like you're actually putting right. on new talent on this um on this record as well, right? I believe that, dude. Like I, I'm all for. See, I, I think it's like the, the cheap route for producers. I hear a lot of guys saying, "If oh, I can get Nas on this track, I just did it would blow up." Or if I had Jay Z, if everybody, if any one of us had Nas and Jay Z on one of my tracks, we feel like it would blow up. You know what I'm saying? That's the easy route. You know what I'm saying? The, the challenge is to get the lesser known dudes and bang out a track where it sounds like something that should be on the radio all day long. That's when you know you know what you're doing. You know what I'm saying? Just getting a well 50 cent or somebody that knows how to make records, that's not challenging at all. You can just, 50 don't even want you in the studio. You give him a beat, he knows how to do the hooks and the bridges and everything. He don't want you to say nothing to him. So He's just going to fly that back to you. He's going to fly back to you. Yeah. yeah, he's a professional. You know, so that stuff is yeah. easy. But when you work with new artists who are not familiar with that process. I love it because, like, a lot of artists who just send these random vocals with ad-libs all over the place and things just convoluted. And, you know, CJ, that's his thing. You know, he would sit there and have to dissect literally every layer of the vocal, even some of the scratches sometimes, and put all that stuff back together again, put things on beat and, you know, play with stuff to get the vocals right. So the, all the vocals sound like they were recorded in the same place, and it worked. They didn't sound like that. So and so, a lot of the guys are like, yo, what did y'all do? How did the vocals sound crispy like that? <laughs> yeah. Because they didn't record them. They weren't on quality mics or anything. But I'm like, hey, that's what he does. That's why he's there. Yeah. You know, but, you know, people don't understand there's a art to that stuff. You know, even Rob was bugging out some of the stuff he threw. wasn't tight. And when he got to see, he fixed it. He sat down and got that stuff so organized. Rob was like, yo, he fixed all my scratches. I was like, yeah. I was like, dude, I've been doing this 30, 40 years, man. Like, he knows what he's doing. So, <laughs> right. you know, people just, again, nowadays. Some light work. Yeah, has access to software and they think it's that simple. And it's still, you need a craft. You have to be a craftsman to get this stuff done the right way, you know? So, 
That's the Yo, worst. One of the, um, oh, one sorry, of the features. My bad. One of no, the no, features that uh, that that sticks out. You know, speaking of you know newcomers, new names on the scene or whatever. Probably for uh, probably for Doe too is uh, um, the sister Key Turner. Um, we big we oh, big yeah. fans of Key. Oh yeah, oh, big fans. Yeah. Um, what was it like? What was it like working with her? See, I, CJ, I'll let you answer because you and her interacted a lot more than I did. I just set it up, but okay. Homegirl is a sweetheart. She mm-hmm. is so approachable. She like her her work ethic is great. Because what happens is, you know, sometimes I, I mean, working working with a lot of superstar guys, male or female, whether it be R&B, rap, rock, whatever it is, you know, you you kind of can get you you can get spoiled, but then you can also become frustrated because people aren't receptive. When you when you've made something, you're not as receptive to a person who's trying to make something. And in Key Turner's mm. point, she acts like a veteran, mm. which mm. is dope for me because I would say, "Hey, Key, I need da 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 this that and the third. Bam, she marks it, and if it's not right. She comes right back with what what's needed. Hey, why don't you tweak this? Why don't you try that? Because see, like Butcher was saying, we just need great elements. If we get great yeah. elements. The quality is primary, but it actually becomes secondary because there's, there's ways to wrap around that. And, mm-hmm. and she was extremely accessible to what we needed to get done. And when we was doing the My DJ, um, Play Me DJ, she she took a little bit of time to, to, to get the verse where she needed. But then when she nailed it, she nailed it. I hit her back. I said, hey, I need this, 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 and this. And she nailed it again because she found her pattern. She found right. the cadence. She found, you know, sequentially how she wanted to lay it down. Yeah. And then it was a matter of, okay, let's go from this point to this point. And then once I really got it and got all the, comp, you know, got them all compiled, it all worked. So then after that, I realized, I said, okay, this is a girl we want to work with. We want to do some things with her. So mm-hmm. I, I hit her, um, I want to say, like, maybe three weeks ago. And I'm, um, I'm also doing a, a project with, C- with CL Smooth. Mm-hmm. And the dope part is, I said, look, I want to start implementing your voice. I said, I'm a voice person. I like interchanging different voices. Because when you got different voices, it brings, it brings a body to the record. Instead of one person doing all the ad-libs, doing all your background, you're changing your voice. Okay, you scream here, you get low here. All right. different things with different textures and different nuances, bring it together and make it sound like a full project. But mm. she's, she's sharp. She's oh. sharp. She got a real serious future. Yeah. She doesn't compromise the integrity or what she represents herself as, a, as an artist. I love that. That's love dope. That. Real dope. Yeah, man. We're big fans of Key here. Big fans. Butcher, uh, you, I, 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 th- I think we kind of, we accidentally figured out that we we both knew her, like, randomly. Yeah. Something. <laughs> Didn't we or something? Wasn't it something yeah, yeah, weird yeah. like that? You know, producer and all that stuff, yeah. Like, Jay Swift's son. Swift's junior, yeah, 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 exactly, yeah. Yeah. It was hilarious. Yeah, it's just crazy. <laughs> I mean, she was like, John Doe. I know John Doe. I love John Doe. That's my favorite person. <laughs> you know John Doe? I said, no, I know dude. 
That's dope. It's in small world. Small yeah. world. Yo, Meeks, it was yeah, wild. Yeah. Like, like Butcher was like, yeah, he's like, yeah, he's like, uh, he's like Jay Swiss, like working with this female artist. He's like, I want to send you a record. And he sent it to me. And I was like, wait, is this Key Turner? He's like, yeah, do you know her? I'm like, hell yeah. Yeah. Like, we play like, yeah. we've been playing a record. So, yeah, yeah, we fuck with up real heavy. You know, shit. you know what's crazy? Real quick interjection. I, I see her with a Missy Elliott reception. Mm-hmm. Mm. Because she can go, she can touch parameters. The quality is there too. Yeah, she 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 has she 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 has diverse appeal mm-hmm. to her. She's Definitely. not gonna sit in the box and she's willing to jump out that box and jump into a new box to create a bigger box. That's fucking dope. Yeah, I, I agree with you, CJ. I, I think what attracted, uh, you know, uh, us to her music was just the range and the flexibility from a from a kind of a traditional rhyme standpoint, and she can sing a little bit, and, like, it, she's super well-rounded, and it seems like she can go, uh, you know, a lot of different ways, so... Yeah. Everybody loves it. I know they heard the album. I mean, it was like, who is that female? Like, who is that girl? Like, everybody, dude, especially yeah. women. Yo, it's crazy to be talking about that right now. I was talking to my man the other night. Uh, we was just, you know, going back and forth, talking about cats that's, that's no, lo- no longer with us, um, specifically uh, Ecstasy or Houdini. Rest in peace. Shout out to him. Um, but we was just going through, you know, a little bit of history and whatnot. And he told me his trinity of female MCs is Shantae, Light, and Rod Digger. And and I was like, man, it's funny you say that. He was like, I used to catch flat all the time for riding around listening to MC Light's first album. And I was, I used to be, it used to almost come to blows. I'd be like, man, do you not hear the what the fuck she's saying? Like. You don't even really, you don't even really know this is a female. Like, yeah, she light came on the scene coming harder than a lot of dudes at that time. Yeah, I agree. So when you when you mentioned Missy and and all of that, and and um, I think where I'm trying to go with this is I think Key has got that quality where you don't mind listening to. Like, I ride around listening to Key Turner. I ride around listening to MC Light, yeah, Shantae, sure. Rod Digger, whatever. It's, you know, um, um, female he- MCs have a bad rap to whereas, you know, I-, I often hear a lot of people talking about, yeah, she dope and all that, but I can't just be sitting around listening and riding around to the, I'm like, man, you don't really think she dope then. Like, if she dope, she dope. Like, period, point blank. You know what I'm saying? It's around either she's rocking, she's rocking out or she's not. Uh, she's not. Yeah. You don't you don't tiptoe around that. So it's like but somebody like Key, I think she uh, again, like I said, she's she's a quality artist, man. She's, like she's one of those. You listen right. to her, I, and I feel like Key could make a, like a Lauren Held impact, you know, album wise, because like you said, her vocals, when she sings and she adds with her singing on her raps. I mean, it sounds crazy, man. Like, yeah. I just love yeah, it. Man. It's like harmonious to your ears. I just sit there and just like. She's crazy, man. This yeah. 
Yeah, we're gonna have to send her an invoice after this. This will turn into a key, a key turner hour. Uh, let's get back. Let's get back to Butch and CJ, man. Shouts out to Key Turner, man. <laughs> Yo, I, I gotta hear the story about how you guys know one another. Someone mentioned earlier you've known each other since they were fourteen. And CJ, I heard somebody somebody said something about Tommy Boy, like. I don't know this. I don't know all yeah, of these backstories, dude. I, I need. We need this shit. See, you tell your story, dude. Y'all gonna bug out? I thought y'all knew this. No, I, I do not know. My cousins. I, I got some crazy ass cousins that Drew went to school with. Butchin went to school with, and um, he was he was telling me I got somebody that that's better than you. <laughs> like I got this rapper. And he wasn't Dr. Butcher, the, 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 the DJ. He was Jazzy Drew Ski, right? Jazzy so, Drew Ski. There we go. Lord, have <laughs> mercy. So, so, <laughs> so he telling me, he telling me, yeah, man, I got, you got to see him. You got to see him, blah, 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 blah. So he takes me over to the house, right? He introduces. And we, we just start, we just start vibing from there. We start re- realizing that we follow the same cats, like Fearless Four, Treacherous Three, Crash Crew, Modi. We was fans of DLB, The Flow. We was fans of Tito from, from The Fearless, um, Modi, Special K. Like, it was all that cadence, because we, me and Butcher, what we used to do, man, we used to try to find the biggest fucking words, period, that we can come up with, whether, whether we made them up or not. We found those shits and put those in context and rhyme, and we went back and forth. I always tell him, he hit me with this magical fucking rhyme that just tore me to pieces. I went home and damn near tore my book up and said, I need a new fucking book. Because this Uh dude just sent me to the lab. And I went hard. I'm writing, I'm writing, I'm writing. I'm like, oh, shit, oh, shit. Now, we kids. So we come back and forth, and we just going back and forth, just rhyming and rhyming and just doing what we're doing. And then once, once in his, he had, he had this little room and he had, you know, with his, with his table. So we used to put on like, you know, the fearless for like, what, what was that butcher? It was, um, problems of the world today. Problems uh, is magic. Yeah. Oh man. And Eve of destruction. And we would listen to that flow and we'd be like, Oh, that shit is crazy. And we would start now we're starting to design styles See, it was back then. It was about a stylist, you know. Biz didn't sound like Kane. Mm. Kane didn't sound like Chuck D. Rakim didn't sound like Coogee Rap. They didn't sound like Salt and Pepper and Kid and Play. Everybody had their own space, their own radio dial of rapping. And you, know, you, you couldn't sound like anybody, right, CJ? You couldn't sound like anybody because no, you were biting no, like that, that was, was the an ass whipping. Yeah, that was an ass whipping. Titan was off limits. I don't care if it was the style, the voice, the clothes. You let me walk outside with a Puma suit looking like looking like MC Shan. Somebody's gonna whip my ass. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that's how it was back then. Origin that's why the industry was so powerful because yeah. you can pinpoint who was who. You can pick out. Unfortunately, nowadays you've got a hundred records, you can get one representative and nobody would mind. Because everybody mm-hmm. sounds in similar from cadence to yeah. sound to flow to look to everything. So fast forwarding, um, as as you know, as we grew, 
we started realizing that that we had something to offer. So he was down with a with a, with a cat named um, um, Rich Romaine, Royal Rich. So they had this crew called Royal Two, and him. Yeah, correct me right. Which was the extra? It was the extravagant three before, right? Before that, Drew. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I would listen to their little demos and stuff, and I was like, "Shit!" So Drew introduced me. Yo, I just there's a studio that you need to go to, see. And he introduced me to um to uh twelve twelve studio. So I went down there, and I was always a tech head. I was always into taking shit apart putting it back. I had no idea what the hell I was doing. I just knew I remembered how I took it apart so I could put it back together. But I knew I wanted to make something different than when I, as I put it back together. That was electronically, that was sound-wise, that was anything. So when I got to the studio, never been in, in front of a console or any of that at that particular point. And um, I just adapted to it and I started experimenting Telling a few stories on, you know, I did this and I did that. I've never seen that shit a day in my life. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going back and forth. And then I say, okay, how much does it cost for me to come in and record? So went in there and started recording a little bit, saved my little money up. And, and it started to translate into becoming an engineer. Because I knew brain, scan, brain scamming wise, I said, you know what? I can't really afford to keep going back to the studio but if I get a job here, I can probably sneak time and right. drive for free. Right. So that's how all of that came about. Mm. So is Paul C there then or just Mick? Huh? No, Paul, Paul was there. Paul was there. And, mm. and, and but because Mick introduced me to Paul. Right. Mick introduced me to Paul. You knew Paul because you guys were you, you guys were doing stuff. Yeah. And I was I was rapping also with this with a legendary guy named DJ Smalls. And we had this little crew that we was back and forth because I was like the young kid and they were they were a little bit older, the disco twins and all those guys. And um, they wanted to keep the young guy around because I was a little fresh. You know, I was into who yeah. was in the streets, a little, yeah, yeah. little tight. They were. So um, but once we started get, getting into a point of having a consistency of recording and I just I started to really pay attention that this dude is fucking scratching. And and it was, uh, let me tell you something, man. I've never seen nobody's fucking hands move that fast. And no, fighting, um, <laughs> running, you know, yeah. motherfuckers running, moving their hands. This dude's hands was moving to a point where you couldn't see and the needle would never jump. I said, that shit is impossible. <laughs> There's no way in hell this dude is brap, 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 and the record, the needle is still on the record I'd have been through my my record would have been flew off the turntable, flew out the window, and it would have been my brother's records, and they would have been whipping my ass, right? Broke this shit, right? You know? But but then he starts scratching, and we started in, in incorporating all that stuff, and I finally, you know, as becoming, you know, we got a little bit better, and 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 started shopping the deals. For but you the you guys had a group or no? We had we we kind of had a group where we were trying. I was trying to input myself into him and Rich, which was like the Royal Two. You know, they had a little routine oh, okay, that they gotcha. did the Royal yeah. Two, and we kind of started doing stuff together. And um, how I panned off into Tommy Boy was 
I was kind of like winning little contests and going over these places. Somebody told me, I didn't even know Tommy Boy Records existed. I knew the, the artists that were on the label that were on a label, but it didn't come into my mind. Tommy Boy's a target, Tommy Boy's a target. So somehow I forgot how I met Dante Ross. But I guess he came through the loops of somebody saying, you got to go find this kid. You know, he's this, this, that, and the third. What year are we talking about, CJ? Um, I signed to them in 1986. God go damn. Go to, go to YouTube and type in Black by the Man. All rappers give up. Wow. That was that was my that was the first record off it. Nate, oh, right. oh it, I did not know this. What how how did I how did I what the fuck? I've got this wow. record. How did I <laughs> Yes sir? Yeah man. God Shit, man. damn. <laughs> Hold the fuck so, up. Hold on. <laughs> Yo, dude, you know he's got surprises for you, dude. I know you do. Man. You said 86. I started in 86. They really didn't know what to do with me because I all right, I had a bidding war. I had <sighs> CBS, if y'all remember, there was a CBS record before mm-hmm. Sony. So CBS wanted me at the time. Um Motown wanted me. I had those two contracts on the table. Then I had Warner Brothers contract on the table. And then, then Tommy Boy came into the fold. That was the fourth one. But at that time, Warner Brothers acquired Tommy Boy. So mm. I was going back and forth. Def Jam came into the picture a little bit later. But what happened was I was like, who's going to be more inclined to move in rap? And that was Tommy Boy. Mm. They, didn't offer, they actually offered the least money, but it looked like the most promising move at the time because the label wasn't overcrowded. You know, they had Stet, they had they just signed Latifah. They lost soul. They lost soul. God, that's early, man. That's crazy. Yeah, early. Because we were all kids. We were all kids. And but I didn't actually hit to like late 87. Late 87 and actually the, the record actually dropped. And they were just basically basically paying me, you know, keeping me quiet. Sure, yeah. And I I was impatient. Hey, you know, I'm a kid. I want to come out. I'm, gonna, I'm in high school. I want everybody to see and all of that. Right. So, so but, but during that process, Butcher was always in the fold to where, like, what sounds good, what didn't sound good. Try this. Try that. Like, I would say a line and Drew would come up and say, yo, yo, you should blah, 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 or blah, 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 blah. And it would alter my cadence or it would, it would. I would throw little punchlines in here and there. He got me so much sharper on the concentration of punchlines. And Mm. we just had this mesh. And we do the same mesh in that forum as we do musically. To where he might have some hi-hats. I might have a snare. I might have a bass line. He may have a piano and vice versa and so forth and so on. But, um, But yeah, but that was ultimately how he and I really gelled real strong together. And, and and we've always had great chemistry where he could speak for me and vice versa when it came to all of these things. And, and he doesn't smoke. He doesn't drink. I don't smoke. I don't drink. We don't clown around. Never been into any incarceration situation. Like, we all ran that life. Right. But still had the street in us. See, mm. with me, I grew up in the projects. So it was a little, it was it was much harder for me where I had to fight all the time, like literally really go through war 
So I became real skilled with my hands. So what happens was I was able to take those experiences because the people that I walk with and talk about these things. Tommy Boy flushed all of that raw, crazy, hardcore shit that I actually had and said, the world don't want to hear that. Mm. They kept turning down record after record, record after record. So I just said, you know what? And started producing and started, you know, pushing what I was writing for other people and producing for other people, arranging and so forth and so on. So did you guys get into production at the same time then? Or like, did you guys kind of go down that path together or? CJ was first. CJ was more into it. He's been into it because he plays keyboards and stuff. Um, I just followed suit because so much of it was around me. But CJ, CJ produced Father MC's first album. Oh, shit. Oh I didn't God. know that. God damn. Yeah, CJ actually wrote it. Like, he was pivotal in that whole situation and so forth. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of history here, dude. A lot of history. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> you know, we got, you know, from from the guys who used to come to 1212. Live Squad. <laughs> Man, oh yeah, Live Squad. I did the Live Squad. Um, you got Black Rock and Ron. Yep. Like Son of Berserk. Flavor Flav when he did his solo thing. Um, 911's a joke and all of that stuff, like what was revolving around that album. Um, the Afros, BWP. Wow. Oh, Tupac. Shit, really? Because we were on Tommy Boy, so that's how that friendship gelled. And um we, it just kind of landed that right way with me, Stretch, which was from the Live Squad, and yeah. Tupac. And we used to do road, you know, when we was on the road trips with Tommy Boy, me and Tupac was kind of close, hanging out, because we were the young guys. You know, he was down with Digital Underground, so he was trying to find his way, and he wound up with Brenda's Got a Baby, and I had my hands around a lot of that situation with Ed Strickland. So Ed Strickland kind of molded us together, Adrian Turner. Like, there's a lot of guys, a lot of characters. So what's, what's crazy is just all those names, Ultramagnetic, um, shoot, Onyx, it was called, um, forgot the name of what Onyx was called before him, but Donnie yeah. Jim Harris had yeah. What was it, Drew? Onyx. Onyx had a different name. Onyx, they had Afros. They had Afros. They what was it fucking, called? What was the name of the group? Do you I'm know? Trying, I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember. That's but it great. then folded into Onyx. Yeah. It then folded quickly, it folded into Onyx, and then Throw your guns in the air was that that first single and stuff. Man, tell me you had something to do with uh, the RZA, aka Prince Rakim, getting out of his contract with Tommy Boy. No sir. No, okay. Sir. <laughs> no sir. But but you know, I knew a lot about all of that stuff because those people used to always, for some reason, they instilled those questions and in, in those inquiries, like "Yo, see, do you know?" or blah blah blah. And I somehow I got thrusted as a liaison in so many different situations. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I was a people's person or whatever the hell it was, but I kind of dived in and out of those sequences. But I'm nah, I mean, you had been there since '86. That's what it was. Like, <laughs> like this dude, this dude been here for a minute. He know what's going on. We need to talk to him. I, I imagine that's how that was. Probably a little bit, man. Definitely yeah. a little bit, man. And I almost signed to Native Tongue and all of that shit because we went to school together. Me, Jay from the X-Clan, Q-Tip from the Tribe Called Quest. Um, then also, remember Divine Scholar? Africa. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Shit. We all went there. This is all Queen shit, there. right? This is all, all Queen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Jungle Brothers. The Jungle Brothers. Mike is from Left Rat. 
yeah, we all kind of like we we tied in, man. This music Shouts out to the seven I, train. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah, you know, I, my, CJ's high school was in Manhattan. He went to Mary Birchwood with my sister. So when he came to the house the first time we met, my older sister bugged out because she knew him. And um, so that was also like, what are you doing here? <laughs> his, his cousin brought him there to battle me and stuff. So it was hilarious, dude. Man, let me tell you something. It don't get no more coincidental than that. Yeah. You know wow. I'm going to school with his sister, had no idea. And we would we would play around in the hallway and all that stuff. And because I was the I was the young kid, you know, his sister's older. And so and, and I had a lot of little girls on me. So and, and of course. And, and, and <laughs> man, dude, let me go, let me two second story. Bertram? Bertram High School. Dude. Fellas. Fellas. <laughs> we had seven to one ratio. Wow. Let me tell you something. The ratio. Was like it was four dudes in the classroom, and, and the rest was chicks. Chicks, dude. Everybody tried to go to Mary Bertram, dude. Everybody. Oh, for that reason alone. <laughs> wow, chick, chick city. That shit was chick city, and the, and it's like you got. It's almost like they got screened. You can't come in here unless you are eight and better. <laughs> you <can't> <laughs> eight and better. Wow. It was that crazy. It was wow. that. I never missed school. I never fucking cut class. None of that shit. It wasn't worth it. <laughs> yeah, you could. We're talking to a real high school success story right now. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. That crazy. was That was shit. G-Rap, I think G-Rap was messing with who? It was at, uh, Garrett. Garrett. Yeah, yeah, which was, uh, yeah, who went to the school too? Yeah. Right. That's Biggie's mother, but yeah. Yeah, man. She was a dime. Yeah, dude, wow. it was crazy, man. That is crazy. But yeah, man. We we the, the coincidental the coincidental situation was just like it was just meant to be. It was just meant to be, man. And we just gelled personally as 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 personable people. You know what I mean? Where you know we we kind of raised each other's families with each other, like right. You know, my mom and all of that stuff, man. It was dope. Tight knit, yeah. real fucking dope, man. That's what's up. You guys worked yeah. on the G rap shit together, or no? Yes, sir. Most of it. The first album, the four, five, six album, CJ was doing this Tommy Boy stuff. He was traveling. So I that was like my first production project I ever did. But when it was finished, he came by. I was living in Manhattan. He came by and was like, yo, he was just congratulating me on what I did because it was the first thing. It was like, it was that was like stressful because you know that G was the first artist on Epic. I had never produced an album, you know what I'm saying? And, and they're looking to me to bring this project together because he was being stressed out because he was on the run. He couldn't write. So a lot of the songs were pre-recorded in his house. G-Rap had bought Molly Mall studio and was recording. So I was basically using reels of his vocals from his house. Some things I had him do over, but I had to remix pretty much all the tracks. Um, and it was it was really stressful, but it got done. And you know, C came by and was like, "Yo, man, you did a great job." He came in with his EMU sampler. He's the one though that introduced me to the EMU samplers, the E sixty four. Ah, so okay. I saw him working, and I was like, "Yo, what is that? <laughs> like, yo, I need that, dude." So, I, yo, I went and got that, and you know, we just started really collaborating a lot and just started working. I jumped into the Akinoli situation and brought him in as an engineer, um, turned into production. Same thing with G-Rap. Anton has started working with T-Ray. So we really wasn't using Anton anymore. And I was like, yo, I got somebody that's 
crazier than Anton. And they would bring them in just to test them out. And then nobody would want them to leave. Like everybody was trying to lock them down to do their project because he had a hip hop mindset. Being an artist, he knew exactly what the hip hop sound was. Right. So working with him was very easy. And, you know, he had his own drops and techniques to organize in the tracks that a lot of dudes got comfortable with, especially like a G rap, like in Akinelli too. But G, he felt like he could just go in the studio and do his verses and not think about anything. He just trusted that we would put the music together. Even he would pay, like Rockets had was paying all these high other engineers high dollars who couldn't get it done. And like the project was just about done with no money. He would call CJ like, dude, I need you to come in and fix all this stuff. And CJ would go wow. in excuse me, fellas, sit down and have to do the whole thing all over again. Every song makes all that stuff, dude. Because um, he was just used to hearing stuff a certain way. And, you know, it, it is what it is. But, you know, dudes would get comfortable working with us because we just that little connection. And, right, you know, right. It's easy to deal with. Nice. Man, that's ill. Yeah. That's so much yeah. history. That's ridiculous. CJ, what was your, um, your, your overall stint with Tommy Boy from 86 to what? 86 to 90... One, we we wound up putting out or rappers give up. The B side was can't get enough. Then we have the, the second single was in the midst of funk and dearly beloved, and that's where we did the video to dearly beloved. So we had all these these fights and shit like um like creative control. Like we were supposed to follow up or rappers give up. Well, rappers give up became a huge record on the West Coast and in the Midwest and the little parts of the South, and um and it blew the waters out and overseas and Tommy Boy never put that pressure on to say, hey, you know, this group is selling. Like, we sold 8,000 units the first week. Singles. That's unheard of. We talking vinyl now. Mm -hmm. That shit with potholes in my lawn didn't do that. So at the end of the day, it's like, you see that you know, you jump in, you you, you say, okay, this this is business right here. But they didn't do that. I, as as a young kid, I didn't know that the order of business. So we pushed through the time frame, and I just kept giving them records, giving them records, and and I was giving the records that I was giving to, to, to Tim for all the MC, and I was like, you know what? Some of the shit that I'm doing for me, we're gonna do for you because they won't do it, mm. you know. So at the end of the day, um, we wound up putting the second single out. They wanted now they wanted the album from us. And I said, I'm not giving you a fucking album because you know, you, you, you I done did 60 records. And right. Spending all this money in the studios and doing what I'm doing. And it just didn't just didn't that marriage didn't pan out. So they yeah. finally released us. You know, but what was happening was I was getting other deals. I had select records, next plateau, delicious vinyl, Hollywood basics, um, capital records, um, AM. Like, all of them was like, oh, shit, he's about to be a free free agent. Boom, let's scoop him up. Yeah. And it just, then they started, then the numbers started moving. Like, okay, buyouts. I'm like, oh, here we go. So so I kind of got held up until the hand got forced. And that whole black by demand segue, you know, we had to put a pause on it. Because from clothing, merchandise, everything, like, all of that's mine. But I had to share that with Tommy, with, with, with Tom Silverman and his companies, you know, with T-Boy Music and T-Girl Music, ASCAP, BMI. He wrapped everybody up in that shit, right? Yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. So they're going through some things now. They're going oh, through yeah. some things now. Okay, yeah. And, and, it's, and it's, about to get, it's about to get crazy. Every, everybody's okay. Every, yeah. 
Go ahead, Butcher. Mom? You go to Chrysalis after Tommy Boy? Yeah, right, right. Also, Chrysalis also. When Gangstar, Arrested Development, when Ed Strickland became the, the, um, the president over there of, the, of the, uh, the, the U.S. East Division, and I did the deal over at Chrysalis, did a, had a real nice deal over at Chrysalis. But Geffen jumped in. It was a change of hands. They was doing, you know, label heads were moving. And it was just the best of the interest to pull out of that, pull it out, pull out of that deal. But um, man, we've been around the block, man. We've been around the block. Just never hit that, hit that high, high note to more or less, to more or less like say, put the stamp and say, here's where the history lies. So because of that, it got spread out. The history got pretty much spread out in the old. Who was that little elf that just ran in the Oh, that was Tom. <laughs> Tom, Tom always is. You know, there's still a lot of school, so they they, they like to come in and see what's going on and see who dad's talking to and, you know, wave and act a fucking oh, y'all fool. Miss it. Y'all missed it before we got started. I was trying to get my daughter to drink a beer with me. But she oh, my goodness. She wouldn't do it, man. I'm just like, damn. Like, hey, hold up, daddy. You don't, daddy, fuck, you don't right. fuck with your pops like that? That's crazy. God, that's... Yo, uh, on some random shit, I did not know this. I just, I I, I don't think I knew knew this but speaking of tom silverman isn't he behind this track lib shit y'all know the track lib thing i know what you're talking about i think he is um i had a short conversation with dante ross and um he was filling me in on some things that i can't disclose just at the moment but um sure yeah go ahead don't do that don't do that don't do don't, that. Don't do that. Don't do it. I'm just, I'm fucking with I don't need nobody knocking on my door, calling no, my I don't phone, want anybody knocking on my door either. No, I'm good. This shit I'm ain't good. that serious, no, man. No, it's not. No, no. Yeah, don't say shit, CJ. <laughs> Got you. All right. We good. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, some, it's some interesting shit in the future, though, for everybody, man. It's like, we 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 we, we jumping on some, some train tracks right now that I think we lost him. See, that's what I'm talking about. See, your, your, your feet get stuck. Tom you Silverman. You start talking about the wrong shit. Tom yeah, Silverman just that. dropped in the fucking Matrix. <laughs> look at CJ. Look at CJ. This shit is completely hacked. I told you. I do. That's all. <laughs> oh, I just screenshotted this shit. We're, we're, this, this, this is going. I'm, I'm gonna sit. <laughs> Yo, you want to hear something else funny? You want to hear something funny? Though? What's up? Yes. Uh, the dude's first cousin is um, Holly Berry's husband, um, the baseball player. Oh, David Justice. David Justice. Justice is CJ's first cousin. Yeah. What? The fuck out of here, man. <laughs> Yeah, watch me get back on. <laughs> Yo, why we ain't had to go through a publicist to get this interview, man? I'm not understanding right now. Somebody <laughs> uh, is looking out for us, man. That's all I can tell you. That means he got Halle Berry stories. This is crazy. Absolutely, dude. So, 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 Butcher, you guys grew up in Corona together, or no? He's from Astoria. Oh, he's from Astoria. Okay. His cousins were in Corona, so we all went to high school together. Um, his okay. cousin, uh, Austin Miles. Um, gotcha. And I was cool with him in high school, so he, 
He wanted me to battle. He's like, yo, my cousin thinks he's the best. I need you to tear him up. I'm going to bring him to your house. <laughs> so that's how we met. So. Oh, word. And you served him? Yeah, because Cool J had just left the group. And so then we bring this other guy in whose initials are CJ, just like Cool J. So it was like hilarious the way the two worked. But this that's is for the, the extravagant three, right? Yeah, exactly. exactly. So the extravagant three was who again? It was you, LL, and who else? A cat royal witch. Okay. Royal Rich. Gotcha. Okay. And then L left and it was you and Royal Rich and you guys formed the new group. Yeah. And then I met CJ, you know, he was pretty dope. So I was like, yo, he played keyboards and stuff like Rich's brother. Uh, Ray Romaine is a master keyboardist too. He works with Jay Zone. Him and Jay Zone got a little group together. So, oh, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. wait. Yeah. Who does? Um, Ray, um, Rich's brother, Ray Romaine. They, they play, they do like their own things together. With, oh, the, the funk group? It's not, the, it's not the phone group. They have another group outside of the phone group. It's just them two. He'd be playing the Hammond organ and Jay Zoom be rocking the drums. Oh, what? And, okay. Yeah, yeah. Everybody want them to do it. Oh, CJ, CJ back. Tom Silverman. <laughs> let him come back on the call. See, they said, see, you start talking and the government shut you down, dude. Yeah, Tom, Tom Silverman was in the fucking, like, he popped in. He took your place. <laughs> <laughs> my um my laptop the damn battery ain't charging right so i hitting the damn plug uh, yeah see that's plug. tom silverman too tom <laughs> silverman's in your fucking walls and your electricity yeah, man. he don't put the tap on me Brah. that's crazy <laughs> i was trying to go we um we got we got cj's um story on you know his how he's hands on with the projects and things like that. Butcher, what 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 um what what role did you play? Did you just like button everything up or how how was it how was it um putting things together for you? Well, production, you know what I'm saying? Um it was like a two-hand thing. Like, you know, I can do production. The times if CJ's busy, I got the production, I'm calling them in to engineer, you know, but we always package whenever we did something. It was a package. Like when we did a project with FUBU, um, it was like we charged them for the production and for the engineering and mixing and stuff. They weren't happy oh, yeah. about it, but we was like, we're going to guarantee you we're going to knock everybody else out. And uh, they debated us until we finished the song and then they listened to what everybody else had and then they tried to negotiate CJ to mix the rest of the project. We wouldn't do it though because there was so much friction between us and the label. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, that, that's kind of where it is and, you know, we get in the studio of he has the music, you know, we just sit down and build on ideas and try to make overall song come together with the artists and things like that. So it's just that collective with me, him and G-Rap or me, him and Akinelli. Like, you know, we wouldn't need anybody else in the studio. Like we could all just sit there and just build mentally, you know, where, where the songs and things should be and stuff. So anything gotcha. uh, outside of that, yeah, mm-hmm. it was just, you know, turntables or whatever, you know what I'm saying? We all have ideas, so. Who's here and what? You know what I'm saying? With ideas. And TJ was great at being able to put a lot of stuff together. So okay. uh, that's important when you have somebody in hand and you can come up with an idea and they know how to bring it together, effects or just doing what you need to do. You know, you're not, you don't feel limited. And that's really important. And I think that's why so many artists got comfortable working with them because um, you do that really well. And I just had a guy I met, a DJ, not even realizing he, he was on the Roots of Evil album. He produced... Um, Boss's lady. And I remember him coming into the studio. I, I didn't realize it until he told me I worked with Tracy before and I was like, yeah, on the um, 
Roots of Evil album with G-Mac. And he's like, oh, I never got to thank y'all, but I was so nervous. And this was done with Puffy. He was down with Puffy. And I didn't know that either. But he said it was so easy being in the studio with us because we kind of guided him. As he had an ASR 10, but I don't think he knew how to use it that well. So sync up um, with the track and everything was like tough. And he was nervous that he wasn't going to want to work with him. But we just called him down and sat there and got it together. He's like, yo, I didn't feel like there was no competition. I said, because we weren't competing with you. You know, like, you're there to enhance the project. So we're there to help you do that. It's never a competition with us. You know, so right. he really appreciated that, dude. And that was the first thing he told me. Like, I never had to thank y'all for that. That was the, probably the best experience I ever had in the studio. And that yeah. was like, it was one-on-one for us. Like, we didn't think nothing of it. That's, you know, coming in to lay a track. We're going to help you out. You know what I'm saying? So, but that's kind of what we would do. You know what I'm saying? Do our stuff. They help all this as well. Yeah, there's a, there's, there's a severe gap in, um, like, uh, you know, in history, like, you, you know, from the, from like, you know, the era that you guys come from, even to I all mean, you got some kind of interference. Oh, I do. Okay. Through. Yeah, I'm, I'm hearing, I think it's on, on, on those, and I think. Hmm. Yeah, I think Any better? Is it gone? Nah, still, still popping. Oh, huh, okay. Uh, hmm. Tom Silver. There we go. <laughs> I should have kept my mouth shut. Fucking with us, man. <laughs> so I'm not going to even ask. So, CJ, I'm not going to even ask you about Halle Berry. Fuck that. We're oh not going to go there. Oh, my God. Shit. Whatever a spidey senses might catch us. <laughs> <laughs> Come through the door with a bat swinging a Louisville struggle. <laughs> my, my fucking cousin will wake up somewhere like, yo, cuz, what the fuck <laughs> what did you What are you, you doing? <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. I think that's better, homie. Any better? We good now? I came oh, back. I still hear it. Uh, really? What is going I think on? Your mic sound a little, your sound mic a little froggy. Hmm. Yeah, it, sound, it sounds, yeah. Oh, that's, that's, weird. that's a that's a that's a that's a digital interference. I know what that is. Yeah, maybe it's my phone. Try, How about try now? Muting your mic and then unmute it. Yeah, that's what I just did. Yeah, that's, your, that's, yeah, that's exactly that. what I just did. Hold on one second. How about now? Try to change the audio input. Like change it. To oh, like, I see what you're like, saying. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. Hold on. All right. Uh, input here. How about now? Same thing. thing. Really weird. Uh, Now you got a delay too. Got a delay now too. Hmm. How about now? Any better? Check one, two, one, two, one, two, one, two. Nope. Nope. Uh, man, I'm getting T-Pain vibes. How, how about now? I'm on, I'm on the, the laptop microphone. Yeah. Is that yeah, better? That's yeah, better. that's better. Really? Yeah. <sighs> I don't know, man. This is weird. <laughs> Tom Silverman. It is Tom, Tom Silverman. Silverman. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, actually, I I think we're good. If if you guys can hear me on the laptop mic, it's still recording in the um in Logic, so we're we're fine. Actually, if you can hear me, okay, we can just let it rock like this. Yeah, it's much better. Okay, cool. All right, 
Beautiful. Where were we? What were you talking about? I can't remember. It's CJ's crush on Halle Berry. Oh yeah, Halle Berry. Oh, yeah, yeah, we're not we're not going we're not doing that. that. <laughs> that'll that'll black this whole shit out. We're not doing that. Slowly but surely. <laughs> Yeah, so um, so so where are you guys headed after this? You know, you, you guys, the odd couple projects out. Like, what are you guys working on next? I mean, uh, CJ, you, you mentioned a few things. CL Smooth. Uh, we mentioned Key Turner. Like, what what's next for you guys? Twenty twenty one. Yeah, Butch. Well, we try to get the CL done. Though, as you know, you're going to be involved in that. Yeah. Uh, we want to do Key Turner. You know, so I, that's you know Key Turner's and. Um, Ray Lugo with Jay Swift. So I'm letting him, you know, control that scenario Whereas we're here if he needs anything. Yeah, we'll jump uh, in. likes working with us. So, you know, we definitely want to start trying to do some things with her and so forth. So okay. we'll see what happens. Yeah. Instrumental. Instrumental. Uh, yeah, yeah. We're trying to do an instrumental breakbeat for overseas as well. So, like, that stuff, I'll let you hear something too, though. You know, we're trying to set that up to see how that goes. It, it'll just be like vinyl releases, seven to eight tracks for overseas purposes and stuff. Okay. Uh, so just having fun with the music, man. I mean, it's, it's just keep it innovative and inspiring, man. That's, that's us. You know, all of the, we talk about the nonsense dealing with artists and things sometimes, dude, like you, you go through a lot, but when, you know, it's just the vibe and the guys that facilitate the music, you know, our minds pretty much are the same. You know, we just want to work. We don't want to deal with shenanigans and the divaness of the artists wanting to feel like they're the most important thing. You know what I'm saying? We just want to get the projects done. So sometimes, you know, we just feel like, yo, let's pull back. We spent most of our career making others monsters. You know, let's take some time out to build ourselves up. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. You know, you never splurge on ourselves. It's like, yo, we've been the facilitators. Let's put the time in talent into ourselves and see what happens. You know what I'm saying? Word. So, <clears throat> and work with people that want to work, not just want the special treatment stuff, you know? So, yeah, there's no time for that. You know, let's just have fun and build it out and get money wherever, wherever we can get it, you know? Word. So that's what we're trying to do, man. Just keep the ball moving. That's all. All good. What do you guys, what do you guys think about, uh, do you ever think the game would look like it does now? Like, I mean, back to, you know, 86 and being on Tommy Boy, CJ, like, and now you just, you've got the entire, you know, like, uh, discography of the world on your phone accessible. I mean, like, I mean, we're all technology guys, right? But it still bugs me out. Like, I, I understand all of it, but I still bug out that I can just pull up fucking anything now. It's wild. Yeah, it's, it's just bananas. And, and, and you know what's crazy is... You can watch all of this shit, or you can, or you can, you can be the one they watching. Mm. So you know you got you got different ways that you can approach this. Like the way we used to do stuff, like you could actually do shit and get in the studio and lay your tracks down and put them out. You know, like you just did a track with Jay Z, you put it out. You can kind of live with that. And but nowadays you got to have some animation to it. You got to have some type of an attachment that identifies you with a thing because people are on, are on, hold on, let me Google that. Let me see what, he, what, he, what did he say? Let me Google that real quick. So if Google verifies what you just said, it becomes true. No matter how much of a lie it might be, right? It becomes true. So <laughs> in general, we, that's the kind of world we live in is think about it. You know, the perception of a particular act being so big is 
number base now because it says they have two million views, not realizing they could have bought those shits. They got two million right. views, but it's 149 comments. How do you have too many people <laughs> right. watching and only 149? That's crazy. Well, that's bullshit. Yeah. So common sense is not too common with most people. And those guys, if you follow those guys, you get lost. Or you can be the one that they follow, you lead by example. That's kind of how you deal with the technology nowadays. You see what you got, you see what you're working with. It's just like chess. You see the pieces, all right? You got the pawn, the rook, bishop, et cetera, et cetera. You, you realize how you move them, when you move them, and what's going to be the result when you move them. That's how we look at things a little bit more vividly now. Like, like me and Butcher doing this instrumental album too, and we're trying to grab the glory of street beats, street street, street beat break records. Mm-hmm. So we can have series. We can start the whole new library of, you, we got to get volume one, volume two, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We're going to try to warm up to the plate and get people to, you know, sample our shit. Opposed to, you know, you grabbing something we produce that we're partnering with some record label so they got to go through the record label. They got to get us. You, we got five or six parties a touch. Yeah, you know to get the permission rights and so forth. We learn that. We learn that part of the game, and now we're becoming the narrators. We're the book writers. We're not the book readers no more. We're the book writers. Mm-hmm. So you know we're gonna we're gonna live and die in this thing, and and that's that's basically where we at. We done made a pack. Boom. This is it. Let's get in the front of the train. Let's take this motherfucker down forty second. Let's push it all the way to uptown. Shit, we can rebuild. We're gonna we're gonna take the the the, the seven train from Queens and ride it all the way to Atlanta. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, <laughs> you know, locked and loaded, man. I love to hear that shit. That's dope. <laughs> I'm, I'm, nah, seriously. I mean, you don't hear cats talking about the um, the longevity aspects of this music anymore. So it's, uh, yeah. it's a whole lot of get in and get out real quick. Let me get my bag. Yep. And then I'm through, you know. Um, yeah, everybody yeah, talks about retiring. Yeah, right. you don't, you don't hear, you don't hear what, uh, what, what, what CJ was just uh, explaining. You don't hear that anymore. So I can appreciate that for what that is. Appreciate that because you don't know if you're gonna get. I mean, me and CJ have had so many situations, dude, where we thought we was just about to get that back, and it would just fall apart. I mean, we had deals at Universal where we ready to sign. And then somebody come behind the scenes at the label trying to steal our artists away and just kill the whole situations. And That's crazy. Now we've had so many situations, it's insane, dude, that things just don't happen. Artists you sit and put all your time and energy into doing these projects just for it to come out and just totally fail is disheartening because people are like, oh, you're getting paid, though. At that point, it's not about the paycheck, man. You didn't just put blood, sweat, and tears in something that you are hoping does something and to see the artist implode and just destroy the whole project itself, uh, it's disheartening. Yeah, and, that's no good. Yeah, dude. And it's like, wow, we just lost three years' time. You know, and then you're around all these other artists and producers coming in knowing, I could have been on this project. I, I remember leaving my house one day in Biggie Smalls and Little C's. I had just finished this track that I know would be perfect for Biggs. Him and Little C's is parking in front of my building on 92nd Street and 2nd Avenue. And Biggie's getting out of the car. And I'm standing there with my cousin Wes, who was up from Atlanta, Maryland at the time. And I'm like, holy crap, I can give this beat to Big. I know he's going to go crazy. 
But then I was like, man, screw these dudes, man. I got my own crew. I'm going to go back to the studio. I was on my way to the studio, and I didn't give him this track, dude. But G, I gave it to Ock. When g Back heard it, he was like, Butcher, Ock sounds good on that track, but you should have gave that to Biggie Smalls. And I was like, why did you say that, dude? <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. He was Damn. in front of the apartment right after, five minutes after I finished the track, he was sitting downstairs in front of the crib, dude. And I had never seen Biggie in my life. <laughs> and I, I was Damn. like, yo, that was God trying to set me up and I missed that moment. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. I should Because that would have been on his second album, I believe. It oh, Life sick. After Death. Yeah. yeah, dude. And I was just like, wow. But, you know, That's now crazy. I'm into those scenarios. So, you know, I don't try to miss those boats anymore. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. Admit it. Because again, I say you like, put, you do so much for a project. Yeah, the money's cool. But, you know, you want to see that other part, too. You know, you want to see the sales. and Because that opens the doors to other projects, other scenarios, other situations. Right. You want to see the excitement in the in the fans and in the people that appreciate. In the industry. The industry is a big, groupy industry. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. you could be a terrible producer. But I remember going in studios, going to labels, talking to A&Rs when the Neptunes first took off. And I knew before they even came out, because I was touring with Ock, and Nori was in Miami, and he played us what what when he first did it. Mm. And I was giving him music for me and CJ, and he just ignored it. He had it, but he ignored it. And I'm gonna come back to that in a second. He ignored it. But I remember getting back and meeting with AR's, and I said, I went to three labels, and every single label I went to, each one of the AR's told me that they had just gave the Neptunes production deals, 10 song production deals for like somewhere between two fifty dollars to $400,000 for 10 songs. And that was three that I knew of personally. And I'm sitting there like, fuck, am I doing wrong? You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's not a knock on nobody, but it's just people hear one song, what comes out and got hot, everybody was chasing that song. And right. then later on, me and CJ, one of his dudes was managing the Trackmasters and they were running Sony. And dude comes to us. He was like, yo, I love what y'all do. Y'all, y'all, y'all guys should be the track masters. He brings us in and we, he hears a track. Nas is sitting outside. Listen, Nas is listening to the track. He wants it. Nas's budget is done. They just finished the album. He couldn't get it. Norby's sitting in the lobby. No one praying Nas didn't get it. He's like, yo, what was that track? I need that. Did he take it? He was like, nah, he didn't take it. Yo, I need that now. I need that now. They put a phone call in to Jive. Got the dough. He wanted the track. They call us. Hey, next day I need y'all in the studio to record this for Nori. It's like, but, but, Butcher knows Nori. Nori knows Butcher. So y'all have to get in and get out. He cannot see y'all because he thinks Tony Pope produced this track. <laughs> so we're like, cool. Uh... We get in. We produce. We, we lay the track. We're walking out the door. We're walking in. Nori's we're walking out. Nori's walking in. What's up, Butcher? What up, Nori? And then we get in. He's like, what were they doing here? <laughs> you know? And right. that told us, he knew immediately that was us. And he's like, yo, I told y'all they were down with the track masses. You know, that's still track masses. And he had an issue with it. The song never happened. He was supposed to do the song with uh, R. Kelly. But R. Kelly was in Chicago. Norman was in New York. And he refused to fly out there to do the song. And Kelly was like, I'm not coming to New York to do the song because I'm working on my album. This song had it got done. Had it got done. It was going to be the next thing. It was the track. Everybody wanted this track, but it was crazy. And it just never happened. It, it just didn't happen. We we're like, yo, what the heck is going on? Like, hey. yeah. it's going somewhere. It's like you get set back, but you don't let it stop you, dude. You just keep at it. You know what I'm just saying? Just keep pushing. Just keep pushing. Make it stronger and keep doing it. But yep. 
good thing because it told us, I think that moment for both of us, we knew, you know what, we got it. It's not that it has nothing to do with the quality of what we're doing. It's just luck, dude. Our man, Big Chuck, was working at Aftermath. He came through when Dre just first signed Eminem. And um, what's homegirl? Eve. Eve. And he was, in the, he was in the hotel. He was like, yo, come through, bring some tracks. I don't know if they're going to take them, but I'm getting y'all some paper, regardless if they do or not. I'm getting you some paper just for them listening to them. So we were like, that's all good. Me and CJ go down there. We sit there. I mean, Eve comes in. You know, M wasn't there, but, you know, he was telling us about him. And I was like, cool, we'll take the tracks and see what you can do. But Eve comes in, and she has spent the day out going around meeting all the producers in New York. And she said she was with Clark Kent, and she was with uh, uh, Rough Riders, dude. Uh, she was with, with D and Juan and with Rough Riders and uh, Swiss. 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 Yeah. She was tearing Swiss apart. That shit was trash. What's my time? Listen to that stuff. Jay. Yo, I'm gonna tell you another story. That's the second, that was the first time. The second time I was on tour with Jay-Z, me, Ock, and Irv Gotti. You know, me and Irv had a previous relationship, but that's my dude. We sitting in the car with Dave and Jay-Z in front, and Irv was just got his deal, and he was like, yo, I'm gonna smash y'all when I come out with my stuff. And he's like, yeah, 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 yeah. You keep running your mouth, sure you are. And so he's like, you think not? He took out Stop Drop and said, put this in, and you're gonna see, we're gonna kill you. He put the track in. The car was silent. Nobody said a word. It went off. Dane gives the tape and throws it back at him. He said, that's all you got? He said, what do you mean? He's like, that shit is garbage. And him and Jay-Z just started dying laughing. Yo, Dane was just killing him. Next thing oh you know, God. that's the hottest record on the freaking That's crazy. The hottest record. Then they was the what kind of beats is that? That shit is horrible. Next thing you know, Jay-Z's Swiss Beats biggest fan. Oh, of course. And I'm sitting there the whole time like, Jesus Christ, like, I'm in the car with you killing this dude, and now every song you put out is Swiss Beats. Of course. See, man, that's the problem, though. And I, I, well, well, the problem is, is that the, the music business does not work like the, the rest of the business world does. That's the problem, right? Like. Yeah. It's uh, we and we've had this conversation. I, I talk with Meeks about this. You know, Butcher, you and I have talked about about this. Like, if the rest of the actual corporate America and business world worked like the music business did, like it would be. There's no fucking way that anything would ever get done, man. It yeah. is so. Uh, it's just whatever. Yeah, there's yeah. just whatever. Any there's, any anything anything goes. Yes. There's no rhyme or reason to none of this shit in the music business. Um, it's it's just I, I think I think it's pure happenstance that a lot of this shit that we 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 know and love actually got to us in order for us to know and love it. Like yeah. it was just it was just luck. It was yeah. just a, a a chance of some sort. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 was, it was tough, dude. I mean. Just seeing that, dude, like I said, man, and then, you know, going to Arizona, you know, working with G-Rap, you know, he had, like I said, he had the situation where, you know, he was being threatened, his life was on the line, and me and CJ, CJ's wife was nine months pregnant, we fly out to Arizona. See, what we did, one day, and you got a call, you had to go back to New York because your wife was giving birth? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he just survived, yeah. just survived, and he got a call here, we went to the hotel. Same day. He got a call. He had to go back and fly back to New York the next day because his wife was giving birth, dude. So we had to get tickets and had to fly back out. And I stayed out there with G Rap um, working on the project until CJ was able to come back down there and stuff. Um, and so you look at this situation, 
Nobody was willing to work with G-Rap. Um, nobody. And so that's why he reached out to me. I sent him a bunch of tracks. He started writing. I was like, yo, let me bring my man with me. We get it all done. We go out there. Um, but he had a cat out there that was doing a lot of the production, but he wasn't a hip-hop producer, but this dude was nice. He played probably 12 instruments. He was nice. His dad was, I don't know what group, but he, he was from California, and his dad was in like an old group, funk group, but this dude was nice. And he just didn't have direction, but if anything you told him to play, he could play it verbatim. But he didn't have our feel. So we came out there with our stuff, but he was a super cool dude. We did what we did. You know, he would come in and help wherever he needed to. Um, but that's, that album... Even though it didn't get popular, it was popular enough that the labels heard them. And the second they started playing Foul Cats on the radio and things like that, over Walkers, everybody started throwing money at G. Foul Cats threw to do a $3 million deal for two albums, $450,000 advance, cash advance. How many tracks did we get on the project? One track. That one track was done after the whole budget was blown. You know how much I got paid for that song? One dollar. Oh my god! What the <laughs> one fuck? freaking dollar, my dude? One dollar, and you know you look at the only thing we did it because we had other projects coming out, and I was like, "Yo, CJ, let's take the L. I'll go drop it. I'll go lay it down, or whatever." We got a lot of things coming out, so it look like we're busy producers. You know what I'm saying? That's the only, and you know it's G rap, so I'll, I'll let it go, dude. But it's that stuff that's disheartening. You know what I'm saying? Because nobody yeah. was even thinking about a G rap. Dre was thinking about him. I mean, that's how Big Chuck got on that aftermath. They went to meet up with Dre, but Dre still was trying to reform his label and was still not really sure where he was going with it. But um, yeah, we we put that project together, dude, and then got him that money, and we got nothing out of it. You know what I'm saying? It's sad, and, and again, that's that stuff that you deal with, and it's like, yo, what are we doing, man? We keep making monsters, and we get nothing of it. Yeah. And nowadays... If you even ask G-Rap, our names don't come up. He'll tell you. I just saw somebody say his favorite producers were... Um, oh, wow. Yeah, he, he said he said Marley Mall. It might have been Buck or Marley Mall, maybe Trackmasters. And, no, Marley Mall, Large Professor, and Sir Jinx. Yeah. <laughs> I said Sir Jinx, dude. Yeah, that was your worst album you ever produced. Shit ever. project? <laughs> <laughs> The project was crazy. That project dude started with me and uh, uh, B-Nuts and um, shooting all these shorts working on that project and it was raw. He took that to Cali and destroyed it. And everybody was disappointed in the way it sounded when it came back. I was like, dude. Wow. It didn't fit. It wasn't that Jinx and them was whack. Jinx is no. dope. But yeah. it didn't fit. It didn't fit. Yeah, yeah, right. It was, it was a clash there. Yeah. Culture and clash I, or whatever. I, mean, I had a big talk with Battle Cat. Yeah, that was my man, and we was talking about that. You know, it was a transition. He just, it just didn't fit. You know, no. different sounds. And G Rap was trying to do the the fast wordplay, but it was bad because I know Polo would come back from Cali. Everybody was coming back like disappointed. Polo was angry because he's like, "Yo, man, we just paid this guy fifty thousand dollars, and the album sucks, and nobody likes it, and blah blah blah." When he came back and turned it in, man, Cole Chiller just like was shaking their head. It was like, this is horrible, G. <laughs> yeah. So that's when he got the track masters to come in and do um, On the Run and No Street Blues. And I remember sitting in the studio with that stuff, you know? So it, it was just crazy. They were like, you know, again, you just get kind of bypassed for stuff. And then, you know, you, you put time and energy. I mean, four, five, six, people were trying to kill him. G couldn't think of anything. Man, we were just sitting in studios working 
And then you don't get no credit, no notoriety. You don't say anything, you know, that someone else is putting their life on the line, working with you, trying to get your project done, you know? Right. No yeah. consideration, dude. And it's like, you know what? What are we doing all this for? You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, yeah. Like, you know what, man? Let's just do what I and, and, and mind you, mind you, fellas, this is supposed to be our friend. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Throw throw all that shit out the window, right? Yeah, we are dude, right? You know, yo, I gotta, I gotta ask after after an incredible story like that. How do you keep pushing, man? Like, I, I feel, I feel bad now for for the little bitching and whining and complaining that I be doing about this shit. <laughs> I mean, we 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 both we all of us in the same boat basically, but 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 right now, me and the homie, we talking to two dudes that was right like right there in the mix of some major shit and 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 had shortcomings. How do you how do you continue to push through, man? Purpose, dude. Like when you're born, you know God gave you a purpose, and we've known that since kids. We started out doing this as kids with nothing but love for it. And that love still is in us. Like, and me and John Doe, you can talk, we're like geeks with this software stuff, dude. Me and this dude, we, we, we need to be um, put in some type of rehabilitation center with all this stuff. For real. <laughs> Man. But it, it's Man. just love. Like, we, we feed on this stuff. We love the music, dude. We love being creative. And we refuse to let, I know I refuse to let anybody take that joy away from me, dude. So, I know what God put in my heart, and I walk with that all day. I'm confident in that. So no matter what happens, I'm going to still do me. You know what I'm saying? And it's fun to do, man. It's just finding those like minds that are there with it, not just some young artist looking for you to blow them up so they can run the lead. CJ recently had that happen with a reggae artist he worked with. The guy just took off and turned into like a mega, mega, mega reggae artist somewhere. That's um, yeah. yeah, it's crazy, you know? Uh, but that's what it seems like the culture is nowadays. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Give me, give me, give me. I'm God, and pay you no homage as to your position or helping them. You know, so right. like, why are we doing this? Let's let's blow us up. Let's get our crew together, our real network, and let's blow our network up, man. Like, I mean, that's that's what we can control. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, these other individuals, yeah, can't control them. You know, so so that's what that's what happens. You 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 have these you know stumbles and you catch these L's and then you just you just lock in on what what you got going on. I I can appreciate yeah. that. Again, dude, you don't ever fall. You know, I see a lot of dudes, and the double thing, I see a lot of cats that finally did get that one or two record break and it blew up, and then they disappear. You don't ever hear from them again. Mm. I wasn't. I, I didn't ever have a goal of doing getting one hit and stopping. Like if I'm gonna do it, I'm a, I'm riding it that like that's the dream. Keep it you going. Came, that's that's what you came here to do. So let's let's keep going. Build products, build machines, synthesizers, get into software, put your name, stamp your name, you know what I'm saying? Do stuff. So right. I look around and we got a lot of like minds, you know, solid dudes. So if something take off, I would love for some things to happen because we put our brains together and we can control our own scenario, you know. That's what's up. That's what I want. Yeah, I like we, that. We always spread love. You know, me and Butcher always talk about like um, we always putting people on projects, but nobody's never calling us to put us on projects to where we'll say like, oh, we get we, we doing blah blah blahs out. Yo, man, you should give me some shit so I can present it, man, and see if I can get you on. Like we'll just reach out randomly, you know, and, and just call cats that we deal with, just to just to keep the diversity 
and 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 put other food on other people's tables. That's just what we did. We've been doing mm. that, you know, since little youngsters, and, and, and we started seeing the pattern. Like, wait yeah. a minute, don't nobody fucking call us yeah. to get on. Ain't he doing such and such as album? Yeah. Ain't yeah, he probably yeah. not? Yeah. Know what we bring to the table? Yeah. You know what we realized? We realized the threat. That's what we realized. We realized the threat of being in the same vicinity with these guys. We don't compete. And outshining them. Right. Not not exactly. not with the intent of outshining exactly. them, but it's just a natural order of things. Yeah. I got you on that. 100%. 100%. I got you on that. They got so bold. They would even tell us, well, you guys don't count because you produce and you mix and engineer, so you guys don't count. We're like, what do, you, what do you mean we don't How the fuck you don't count? That's what, what? I mean, man. This shit doesn't work like the normal business world works. That's what I'm saying. Like, what are talking about, dude? This is what you're talking about. Like, fucking weird. We were hearing the craziest stuff from people. But like you said, they're trying to cancel you out. Like, you don't matter. Or, yeah, they don't want to bring you in. But we we never did that. If someone came in the studio to play tracks with somebody, we sit back, let them play. Yo, that's dope. That's this and that. We never tried to box anybody out of anything we've done. That's just not what we do. Um, and we'll never do that, so. Yeah, never. That That's never the agenda. Because we're not scared, you know? And I'm not scared for somebody to be better. You know, mm. it's, not a, it's not a point of... That's inspiring. It's not about that. Do do? If, if somebody comes in and they better, that makes you better. Still sharp and steel, man. Exactly. Still does sharp and steel. Exactly. And that's how that's our mind frame. Right. With, with, with even on the engineering side, um, I've come on projects like you know with the, the Steve Betts and the Tony Maseratis and all of these guys who um, who harbors names. Was with things that have happened, like I'll get on a project and do something different. When I do something different, it's not like, hey, I'm gonna go beat this guy. But they might have six songs. I'll have one. So I'll do something different. Then label heads will call me and say, hey, we want to talk to you. And I'll wind up remixing what Maserati or one of these guys have done. And it's like, I'm making good money, but I'm not making their money. Yeah, not Maserati so, money. Yeah. So, right. so it's, like, it's like, it gets to a point, like, hold up, wait a minute. You holding me at that high standard. So then I move my numbers. When I started moving my numbers, and I started making basically Tony Maserati money as an engineer. And it started scaring the same cats that I was dealing with away like, yo, C's too expensive. Where they didn't even want to call me unless they absolutely needed me. In, in last, all last ditch effort. Like, that's some bullshit. And yeah. I, dude, I remember when, and it's not a knock on Farrell Munch. Troy's my dude. Troy called me. Matter of fact, he called Butcher to re-get my number when I was first moved back down the South, if you remember from mm-hmm. Butcher. Um, he was doing his project and his budget was gone. He had about three or four grand left. He calls me. He said, you'll see, you're the only one I can pull this shit off, man. I need this. I need you to come through. Can you come to New York? And I said, absolutely. He said, well, we talking. He explained it to me. So we were on the phone going back and forth. And I said, I said, Troy, you know how we get down. We just, this is what we do, our music. Let's talk a little bit about numbers, what's going on. That's when he got into the budget. 
And I asked him, I said, I don't mind doing the work, but let me ask you this. Why did you call me when the budget was gone? Ah, right. Why did you call uh, me when the budget was gone? Yeah, Why did yeah, you yeah. call me in the beginning and see that I was that Superman cat you talking about now? See, I go back with Troy. I go back with Simply Too Positive before they were organized confusion. Yeah, that's 1212. That's 1212 and all that, right? Yeah. 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 And yeah. you said um you say you worked um worked on um the Hollywood Basic label too, right? Yeah, I was I, they were trying to sign me over at Hollywood Basics. Uh-huh. They had got signed over there. And they wanted whatever was in that vicinity. The fudge pudge shit and all yeah. that. Right. So they found out that I was black by the man and they lost their mind. So mm-hmm. of course I was gonna get a much bigger deal than them because I was a bigger group than they were mm-hmm. at the time. So at the end of the day, it's like like a dude, it was disappointing to me because again, you're my friend. Number one, we it's before music, and you're calling me professionally, but you trusted paying these people before you trusted in a guy that you could use a guy that you actually trusted. Yeah, from, from day one. Right, with strangers. Jump. Right, with strangers. So and yo, and yo, not to put them on blast or nothing like that, but how does how does one go about explaining? What's the what's the explanation offered behind that conversation? Like why why you asked the question why you call me at the end of your budget? What's the explanation provided? I I, I, I tell you with G Rap, it was more so the A and R's and Walkers were controlling the producers. He said he told them he needed me and CJ to do some stuff because we felt like you only got this deal because of the Roots of Evil album because of us. Yeah, so we should at least have a guaranteed three to five tracks on the project. You know, at least three tracks guaranteed, top dollar. But no, that's why they came to you off of yeah. that one track. What we did, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. They so, came to us for the album, the Roots of Evil album, which we did, right. but only got one track on that Gene Connor story album. Mm. Right. And they, you know, it was just a crazy thing that they, he said that it was more so they wanted to go get the premieres and high tech. Um, Bink and all these guys and stuff, and these dudes are getting paid top dollar, top five for them. You know that album uh, broke raucous. That was the yeah. that was the beginning of the end. Yeah, it was the you know because it that never came out through raucous because like you said it broke. You know what I'm saying? So and they were doing that. You know they had most deaf on a, a monthly stipend of I don't know thirty forty thousand dollars or something like that. That Dude, you know nothing to murder. Murder, murder. Yo, man, I just, I, I just almost threw my headphones across the fucking. <laughs> too much. This is, this is too much. They found that stuff out. Dude was like, cut the cord. <laughs> I'm, I'm shutting down. The Yo. Just throw money away, dude. Yep. Throwing money. Paying all these producers, all the producers on that album, all of them are probably getting at least fifteen to thirty grand a track. You know what I'm saying? So to come to me and offer me a dollar, dude. I want to punch all the main in the face. I don't like none of them. They come in the studio, unless you high tech, they don't even acknowledge you. And I'm just looking like, dude, I'm feeling a little personal right now. Like, I just want to snatch you in that vocal booth and put something on you real fast. But it's cool. You know what I'm saying? It's cool. But that's the feeling you look, because you see them all buddying up to these dudes and that dude and, you know, uh, uh, Snoop Dogg and all these dudes, you know what I'm saying? I'm sitting ready to talk on everybody, man. I'm just like, Jesus Christ, man. Just 
sit in this crotch, man. Go ahead, just put your head there. Just go for it. Just go all in, man. You know I mean? Dude, I remember sitting down with Black, Sean Black. And he was going through what you were saying, Butcher, as far as like, um, you know, with the whole process of the album. And he told me. Black Sean. Black Sean. Black Sean. Black Black Sean. Black Sean. He said, he said, uh, yo, man, we signed G-Rap to this label on the strength alone of what took place on the Roots of Evil. He said, you don't mess up chemistry. If you change the what's on a periodic table that creates ammonia, you no longer mm-hmm. have ammonia. You have yeah. something else. So that's what they did. And he, Sean was explaining that to me. He was all in disagreement at that. But everybody else were, they were riders. They rode mm-hmm. on people's, you know, you know what I'm saying? So, right. Completely. <laughs> so they, they did that real well. And they were groupies. You know, they were groupies. You just happen to be hiding behind a label, but you actually a groupie. Groupie, dude. Groupie. You know what I'm saying? And, and, it, and it was bugging me out. Yeah. And I was like, I had to stay a little back from it because of, you know, I, I would get my temper with Flair. And I said, okay. So I would pull out on certain instances on that particular album where you have someone coming in, you got a new producer, and he came to Butcher one time and said, yo, man, Buck <laughs> only charged me 15000 You remember that, Butcher? Yeah. <laughs> and I'm looking at this dude, he only charged me fifteen grand. Meanwhile, I don't know what we did. What did we do? Thirty, forty thousand for that Roots and Viva album or some shit like that? Something to that nature. If that. Yeah. Uh, um, if that. And it was crazy, man. Like, dude, you paying this dude how much? For one he track. He have no significant hits. Yeah. He's got album fillers. Right. You know, he's spoken about because someone spoke to him. And like, I know all these guys. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, that was a slap in the face. Big time. He brought you from the brink of destruction. Big time. And you got millions based off of our bricks that yeah. laid the foundation to that house. And you just said, rah. And then came the Drew. He wouldn't come to me. Came to Butcher and he said, um, I want to sign y'all to Igloo <laughs> Entertainment. And Drew. To who? Drew was red as an apple. The fuck was, is that? Like, I was like, yo, dude. He, yo, Butcher was so pissed, man. And he said, yo, see, yeah, you mean to know, you mean to tell me that this motherfucker said what? And he went into it. So I'm like, really? Because he was supposed to walk us in and say, yo, give these dudes a production situation. Right. I'm endorsing it. Gram. Da 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 da. We would have caught millions in that situation. Right. What, 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 but he was thinking, okay, these guys do more than me. They're more of an asset than I am. So therefore, I don't need to put their Ferrari on my racetrack. Mm-hmm. Because he didn't want us to know that we had a Ferrari. Mm-hmm. And that's what it boils down to. He was scared of the speed we would have been moving. So he said, let me not introduce that. Let me collapse that. Let me at least control it. If they're going to blow, they're going to blow under me. That's fine. That That's kind crazy. of scenario 
started tiptoeing and I realized that that was an infection within the industry. No, because even at that same time with that, I left Arizona at one point to come back because G-Rap was going to do a song with Raekwon. And everybody that knows me knows I'm not a Wu-Tang fan, fan at all. You know, I like some of the dudes, but I'm far from being a fan of Wu-Tang. So with Raekwon being the least favorite of mine. So he, it, it was a trade-off where G-Rap was going to do a song with Ray. Ray, Ray wanted 30 grand to do the song. G couldn't afford that. So he said, yo, Ray, I can give you 15. My man, Dr. Butcher and, his, and CJ, uh, throw you some, we'll throw you three free tracks. He was like, okay, let me hit some joints. I think I sent him probably 12 to 15 tracks. G gets a call and, and his partner, Power, is like, yo, we want them all. And he's like, they want them all. And I was like, all of what? He's like, they want all the tracks. I said, all of them? He was like, yeah. I was like, all right. He said, well, can we talk? I said, well, I'm coming back to New York. You know, I'll go meet you and you see what we can do. So basically, I go meet these dudes. I'm hearing some songs that sound horrible. And I'm just sitting there laughing. <laughs> they try to hustle me into thinking. I'm like, so what kind of money are we talking? You know, I know y'all got three of that stash, but we talking. You know, it's me and I got my partner. So, you know, what do y'all want to do? You know, we can make sure we do everything. Oh, uh, so what I'm telling you is that, um, yo, we think it'd be beneficial for you just to jump on this project. What does that mean? Does that mean you don't want to pay? I don't understand. You know what I'm saying? Yo, yeah, we don't we, want three. We want 15. We want 15. Right. Just want 15 not three for free. What, uh, what, what, what year was this? Whenever Roots of Evil came out, dude, I can't even remember. That was 90. What was that? When your son was born. So what year was your son born? 98. Right, so that's 98, 99 or something. He was, Ray Kwan was working on the second album. That was the second album. Okay, that was getting ready to say, mm-hmm. like, this is after only built for Cuban links. Yeah, yeah, this is yeah. the second album. Yeah. So I guess what happened was Rizzo was getting all the money. These dudes were sour. They wanted the money, so they figured they would take the budget and get a bunch of unknown producers to do the album. And that's what they were doing. And then he heard some stuff from us and wanted us to come in because he felt that was a more solid production, but didn't want to pay and I was like, didn't want to pay. Oh, this I is this like, this is immobility. This is the this the this is the this uh-huh. is the second Ray right. album that did that, that, yeah. That. Right. So if we're talking about that. You sacrifice your quality for the money, and look what happened. Right. He's right. You know what I'm saying? Because we would have came in and tried to kill the project, not because I'm a fan of you, but because I know who you are. I know the right. And I know my name is on the line. So with me and Cee Lo walking that studio, it's got to be right. Right. We're going to go crazy on the project. Yeah. But y'all don't want to pay. So I'm again we're like, what is wrong? What is wrong with these people? I was like, nah. And even G, even G got offended so much so that he didn't even do the song with Raekwon. He was like, yo, I want to tell him. He was like, yo, how'd the meeting go? I met him at the studio afterwards. He's like, how'd the meeting with Raekwon go? I was like, yo, these dudes want, want all the songs for free. And he was like, what? I said, yeah. So he called him. He was like, yo, dogs, we're not working like that. Uh, you know, we can kill the whole situation. I'm not putting my dude in uh, that situation. You know, we don't roll like that. And so they, their song never even got done. Like, it was offensive to him. And wow. That. But it, these dudes are crazy, man. Like, I don't get it. You know what I'm saying? Oh, so, my God. But the, problem, the album wow. comes out, like you said, and it just crashed and burned. You know what I'm saying? And that shit was a frisbee. Yes. Oh, dude, beyond honest, man. <laughs> that, 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 that shit it was that, a dog biscuit. That shit wasn't worth the fucking <laughs> materials that they fucking pressed the shit on. Yo. I mean, like, yo. And seriously, like, it, it took him... It took him a decade to get back to even to recover from that. To, yeah. uh, literally a decade. I mean, it was like it was bad. Yeah, and so and that goes back to the first. And thing. it didn't have to. And it didn't have to go down like that. It didn't. 
They did do, but they were in a small little halfway studio that they were recording out somewhere uptown. And it was just, I'm like, I'm I'm thinking I'm walking in to go meet them at a big studio. It was just a little spot. They copy got a deal on based on who he was. And, you know, just had guys coming in, laying these wannabe RZA tracks that didn't sound like anything. You know what I'm saying? And I was like, dude, that's, first of all, I'm not coming in here to do RZA tracks. That's not going to happen. So we're going to do what we do and make something different. But, you know, dudes don't want to pay. You know, so I was like. Oh, my God. That shit would have been fucking nuts. Oh, my God. I cannot cannot imagine what that would have been like. Yeah. I mean, we tried to go go nuts. Like, again, because I knew what was on the table. And Akinelli was down with Rockets, too. So we were dealing with the cats at Rockets. I'm not Rockets. um, Loud. Loud. So she was over there. Yeah, we were dealing with um, everybody over there who are boys. You know, they were cool with us. So. I know we would have got the red carpet with that because they were mad cool and they would have supported us doing the project. They would have loved to have us on there, but dude, they want to pay. And I still could have went to them, but I was like, I'm going to leave it alone. You know what I'm saying? I'm not even going to put any energy into it. Like I said, I just wasn't a big Raekwon fan, you know? So it didn't, I didn't, I didn't feel any way about it. I just, Hey, y'all do you. I'm going to do me. and I'm going to turn it down. I did not know you were not a Wu-Tang fan, uh, Butcher. So that, that, that's (laughs) not at all. No, I like some of the rappers. I like some of the rappers, but I've never owned a Wu Tang record. I never listened to Wu Tang records. So but I like Meth. I like, I like Jizza. He's, he's okay, I was gonna say, I was gonna say Liquid, like even Liquid Swords. I mean, like that yeah, motherfucker. I love, no, love Jizza's voice. I mean, I know okay. he's the move. So I mean, you know, I always love the dude's voice and his his his, his uh, metaphors. Man, that dude's a dope cat, but he's the least seen. He's always quiet. You know what I'm saying? Word, like, yeah. But I would mess with him, you know what I'm saying? Um, but I just was with the whole Raekwon. That I felt like that was just some wannabe Nas stuff, dude. And I'm like, I can't be with the wannabe because the real dude is from my camp, you know what I'm saying? So I'm not as uh, a friend, you know what I'm saying? And I, I think a lot of people don't get that, that, yo, Nas is our camp. So how can I be impressed by this dude? When he's trying to sound like my dude, you know what I'm saying? So Well, there's a lot of chatter back then, too, like going on about Nas and Ray and Big and everybody like, yeah, and then dudes are running around comparing RZA to Large Professor, who's nice. Uh, yeah, all that stuff was going on. I remember me and G going to do a session at Unique, and we were on the elevator, and the door stops to the earlier floor, and Apache gets over one of his dudes, and Apache just starts the mouth and talking. He, he's looking, staring, and staring at me and G, and then he's like, um, uh, you know, we're like, yo, what up? And he's like, what's going on? And then I know who he was, and he was like, yo, so. G rap, right? And he's like, Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah, what's up? He's like, Yeah, I'm coming for that crown. And G's looking at him like, Who's this cool boy? Get the fuck out of here, man. But this is Apache saying this? Apache, yeah. He's like, Oh, where are you coming up? Where? G's serious. He, they think he's like, Where? Yo, you can come upstairs. Come for it right now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm gonna see. I'm gonna see. Out rap Latifah first, my dude. <laughs> <laughs> and when G was like, Yo, who's that? I said, oh, that's Apache with that gangster bitch record. He was like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> like, yo, dude, that's up, yo. It was hilarious, dude. He was that's oh crazy. Oh. I mean, Cash was talented. Apache was nice, you know, but I was like, dude. Apache was talented, but he wasn't yeah. that talented. He was, like, he wasn't he on was G-Rap. Down, G-Rap was killing dudes at that point. He wasn't definitely ready for no G-Rap, dude. So, yeah, but I can tell he was a fan because he kept smirking and just talking. I'm like, dude, you would have been better off just giving him pound, giving him that, and tell him you appreciate him. And he would have invited to the session, talking about wanting to battle him and coming at him. I was like, what's up with this dude? 
<laughs> fucking weirdos, man. Back to, foot. back to the fucking weirdo shit, man, you know? So, yeah. so, so, how, so how do you guys see, like, you know, doing this, like, moving forward? I mean, you know, uh, you even mentioned, like, this recently happened happening with someone that you're working with now. Like, that's the... That's the thing that I just don't understand right now. Is like, how do you even figure out like what to do or who to move with without pulling out contracts and getting so fucking complicated? You know, dude, it's almost like you got to do that. CJ's big on that. I'll be just trying to work with cats and be friendly. CJ's like your group, man. You know, you, oh, you had the paperwork ready, CJ. Got to get the paperwork, man. Yeah, man. We got, we got, we we put. Look, nowadays, <laughs> let me take something, man. Not to be elongated. <laughs> like from Ruth Stola, who was when Drew Hill reformed, you know, and they had a new member, this guy, another guy from Baltimore, Ruth Stola. That was that was my artist. Yep. And um we made him, you know, we made this cat. So I gave him room to do the things that he needed to do. And and, and you know, this guy was homeless, man, and, and we put a lot of money in this cat's clothes. We had a big deal over at Capitol and and um said okay so he ran off and he was a part of the deal that butcher um was talking about earlier that we had the four hundred thousand dollar deal and he tried to you know they tried to steal the artist so he was the, the, the key ingredient to that one of the key ingredients and so i said for now on we got to do this down the third dexter dap it's another guy reggae artist who's you know huge now and he's like a teenage heartthrob kind of like cat and um, ran off, did his own thing. So now, fast forwarding, we got to see some sort of an attachment, even if it's a one-off, even if it's okay, I'll ride with you on the next album, we could guarantee rights to refusal, whatever it is. You know, we, we start dancing in those lanes where we kind of refused to dance like that before because we believed in people having their freedom to do what they needed to do. But people in certain senses... They act like they don't des- they don't want to deserve that long chain or that or that or that open rope. So we gotta tighten the grip up. Because it only preserves us. Cause at this point, when you look at catalogs, you wanna be able to say, okay, that's my catalog. That's my catalog. So we could actually build other systems based on those catalogs. Cause that's your that's that's like your resume. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So within your resume, you say, hey, what do you have? Even selling your publishing or working your publishing, you got to have something substantial that holds weight. And we say we did it, but it doesn't say we did it. Because just <laughs> right. we said, but the, but, the, but the quotation doesn't say we did it. Then we didn't do it. Whether it was right. for hire or whatever it was for, you know, that's not the right approach to it. So we got we to gotta be a little bit more refined on how we how we move from point A to point B. Right. And that's what it is right now. You know what I'm saying? So it boils down to all the how do you move forward from here? Who do you work with? We'll work basically with anybody, but now we're gonna work with you like everybody else work with you. So it's not no longer the cool dudes and the you know that's my homeboy, blah 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 blah. We are now the cool dudes. Yeah. That's going but, to but if you could business. if you could do proper business with them, you damn sure gonna come do proper business with us too. One hundred percent, one hundred percent, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. And, and and that's right there. That's what it is. Starts yeah. there, stops there. Yeah, if you can't. I ain't mad at you. Yeah, I'm gonna keep it moving because somebody behind you wants yeah. that work. Yeah, and you gonna get it in. 
There you go. Amazing. Damn, I'm fucking shell shocked right now. I, I Amazing. Don't really know to... Amazing. <clears throat> yo, I remember, yo, yo, I remember CJ produced this girl. What was she from Germany, CJ? What was that girl from that uh, artist? You're talking about the um the bass player, Michelle and Deggio Cello? No, 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 oh, no, 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 no. You're talking about um, um yeah, yeah. Um she had uh, she couldn't go, dude. She couldn't get a deal. And CJ produced something for her that was that was off the charts, dude. Like, I mean, she let me hear it. She it was off the charts. And but she and, and she didn't want to sign to him. She wanted to just run with this record and do her own thing because she was overseas. But CJ wouldn't let it go. And I remember being on AOL when they had the, the AOL chat at the time. Everybody would be on the AOL chats. <laughs> he me up and I was like, who is this girl? I don't even know who you are. I think I did, but at the time I was just bugging out. And uh, she was crying to me. Please, can you talk to CJ and ask him to let the track go? Because I guess it was people that heard it. It got so popular and she was going to blow, but she didn't want to sign. And, I, and I, when I talked to CJ, I was like, you don't want to just get out of with it? He was like, no. But I understood because if you know the song is this hot and it's going to blow up, why are you so against signing? Why not do the business? Right. Why do you not Take care of your business. And nothing ever happened. You know Just do the one-off. Do the one-off. No, it was a mean record, dude. A mean, mean. Serious, serious record, man. Serious record, yo. She couldn't believe it, dude. She was going so crazy. She knew she had the biggest hit she ever had in her life. And, I mean, everybody wanted it. Everybody was ready for it. But she didn't want to do what she was supposed to do in the business end. And so we couldn't turn the music over to her. Wow. She was from Hungary. Hungry, okay. Yeah, she was from Hungary. She was Hungarian. Pretty girl. Tamea. Got a rap name, but yeah, it was Tamea. Yeah. And Stretch Armstrong called me about her. Yeah. Because she was friends with this other chick named Beata, and she was running around with that girl from um when Puffy did that, that making the band thing. The yeah. yeah. That was one of her homegirls too. The Sarah, the Sarah chick. Um, the, the singer, yeah, right, right. That was yeah. homegirl, yeah. That was homegirl, yeah. Man, and and they were kind of bugging out off of it. So I said, Nah, if you don't want to, you don't want to put your name on the dotted line. I ain't. And it's funny. It's funny you mentioned that because I, I that was that was my favorite entertainment piece of that time. Uh, making the band right. that first that first season of making a band it was that was pure. Yeah. Comedy for me it was, it, because it was musical and it was it was interesting because it yeah. always turned it always had a turn in it. But yeah. it's funny you mentioned old girl because she held up everybody's paper in making a band because she wanted <laughs> you know, her paperwork looked at. Mm-hmm. So she should have been talking to this girl from Hungary and be like, "Hey, look, you got to do you got to do your your business." Yo, yeah. I, 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 uh, I had a situation. Um, my crew, I come from a, a five-man crew. Uh, we had a situation out west with Immortal. Uh, they had Funk Dubious and all that shit. Uh, they were getting ready to put a compilation out, and they wanted us, wanted the joint, one of the joints that we had, and it was 10 grand on the table. Um, split amongst six people. We ain't, <laughs> we ain't really talking about a whole lot of guap, but right. it was it was significant because it would have been our first jump off into it. We ready to do it, you know, but for some reason the cats, they wouldn't send the paperwork. And I finally got on 
on the phone with the one dude, of course, they they appointed me the spokesperson, which was probably the worst thing they could have done. <laughs> I don't I don't give a fuck about none of that shit. <laughs> and I get on the phone with this cat and I'm like, yo, this is Meeks. I'm from the crew. What's up with you? Peace. All that, you know. I'm like, what's the deal, man? He was like, well, we just want to know if y'all going to sign the paperwork. I'm like, well, we don't have the paperwork. So I can't sit here and tell you that we just going to sign that shit off the rip. Uh, of course, we got attorneys on deck and all of that. We're going to get it looked at. He's like, yo, why y'all got to do that? And blah, blah, blah. Like, like y'all don't want the money. I'm like, hey, man, let me just cut to the chase. We don't know you, bro. Like, it's it's not like one of our homies presenting us paperwork and we're going to just do it off the strength. You know, we we in this trying to do not only right by ourselves, but we got other people counting on us. We got families and all this shit. So paperwork, let us take a look at it. Let us sign off. And if it's good, we'll sign off on it. He's like, yo, man, I never, I never been so insulted. I was like, you never been so insulted in your life? I was like, how about this? And I went off on like a three-minute profane <laughs> tirade talking about him, his mama, his daddy his grandmama, <laughs> and at some point they hung up, but I didn't realize. I was like, oh, they they gone. I was like, okay, well, so much for that. And I was like, and, and in, the, in the back of my mind, I was like, you know, I probably could have handled that a little better. But at the same time, I was like, I was like, nah, that wasn't, that wasn't for us. That wasn't you know right. Yeah, that wasn't it, it, it's, it's, it's just, you know, it, it's, it's just like it's like putting the shoe on the other foot. You wouldn't give us ten grand first and then present us with paperwork. That's right. You know right. what I'm saying? So it's Word. just like it's like, can we do this right or not? And yeah. and for me, I, I hear you guys' stories and 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 y'all, you know, set back a, a few times over the years and be like, what's wrong with people? For me and and my path. My thing has always been, I felt like we knew too much. Like, uh, like one of my crew members made it made it a point for us to read certain books and 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 look at certain things and study certain things. Shout out to Mellow Melanin, that's my man, hundred grand from day one. He just made it a point and gave us these little tidbits and gems, so that we were when we were in these rooms. Um, we could we could speak the same language, but come to find out when you're in those rooms and your artist trying to get on, they don't like the fact that you know the language. Yes, not at all. And that's 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 an intimidating factor. Like we was talking about with with showing up with y'all's beats and they blowing everybody's shit out of the water. That's another intimidating factor when you know you know what you're talking about. And I, I've been in several situations like that. They don't like that shit. No, they don't. Because because if you're scared of your own position, you damn sure don't want somebody to threaten the position that you're already scared of. Right. And, and that's that that's that inferiority complex. Exactly. A lot, a lot of individuals. And this music industry, like even today, where these kids are going, you know, and I don't want to call them stupid at all, but I want to call them misinformed. Misguided, whatever the, whatever yeah. the adjective is. Because it's just like, these 360 deals that these cats are getting, they don't understand that they own their social media. They own the revenue, any any revenue that circumnavigates around their brand 
belongs to that 360 situation. And they talking about this bag, I'm getting this, and I'm, I'm blah, 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 blah. Yeah, but your life is leased. And right. it continues perennial after your career has, you know, your, your contract has demise, it carries over. So that's the majority of the normal. They call that the, the standard contract now. Mm. And yeah, the 360 is. The 360 yeah. is, so they, is they, standard business right. right now. Yeah. They got rid of the conscious-minded business people out of the way so they can reinvent the, reintroduce the wheel. So mm-hmm. now the guys that are jumping on the wheel, they don't know about the past wheel. They make it your business. It's, it's not by accident that they don't play Busta Rhymes on the radio, his records. It's oh, not it's not by, by accident, accident at all. It's by design. Right. It's by design. They don't play um, Jadakiss's latest album. It's not by accident. KRS-One, it goes on. Chuck D got some stuff he dropped. So at the end of the day, if you put these people in place, we're about structure. We're about paper trail. We're about, you know, business. science and craft and the art and the business of it, yeah. right? These young kids are about Instagram popularity. I like what you got on. I like what you look like. I like that ratchet shit you just did. Followers, likes, all that shit. Comments. Yeah. Like, like you're, you're as valid as someone complimenting you. Like, I could give two fucks about what everybody's about me. That's that puss ass shit rant you was on last week. It was. It was. It was. Yes. CJ and Butcher, one one of my my mantras for 2021 is to not do pussy ass shit. (laughs) And that's that pussy ass shit. What you're talking about right there. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's that yo, man. It's it's what's crazy is that's the norm. No, the shit that's normal today that's dysfunctional is the norm. And mm. we look like haters. We look like, oh, you know, or, or they even, even, even a young dude, see, a, see a, a older cat saying he's an OG, that's respect. But a young dude saying it's OG means their definition is this motherfucker's over. Yeah, old this an old motherfucker, yeah. yeah. This, this over dude. So yeah. at, the, at the end of the day, They've learned to become a, you know, to become a new normal. Because there's some dope young kids out there. You know what I'm saying? There's this dope, there's dope projects out there. But the ones who who deserve it, like a J. Cole, you know, mm. his cats like um um Joyner Lucas and and, mm-hmm. and Hobson, you know, characters like that. Um Toby, I, I think his name is Nagoe, Nagaiwe. Yeah, the cat from know. Houston. Yeah, yeah. I love that cat. Yeah, he's dope. Mm-hmm. And it's like cats like that who come creatively, they're not on the radio in daytime. There's a reason because they harvest the old adage. They harvest the concept of it's like boxing. Get hit, uh, hit and don't get hit. It's now about you got to knock somebody out or else you ain't shit. Right. Only, that's boring. It's the same way. You got to mumble. You got to do the things you're doing. Don't be creative. Don't tell nobody nothing about a concept or have a subject, an object, a predicate. Don't put that shit in the record because it's useless. This is where we're going. So at the mm-hmm. end of the day, like now, like, you know, Butcher and I, us putting together sort of like the, the, the reenactment of good feeling shit, Mm-hmm. We rather ride or die on that. We rather either hit brick bottom and ride or die on that. Yeah. 
or we gonna hit. We not gonna change because they changed. Right. We I tell hit. people all the time, could have done that year, done that years ago. If that was if that was the goal, if that was the mindset, we could have we could have done we could have made those stupid ass records years ago. This is easy. Yeah, it's easy. it doesn't take any thought process. You know what I'm saying? Right. So so again, it's not a knock on that. It's just it's just a definition of what that is. Mm-hmm. It's not a coincidence that things that mean control you control the narrative. You're a problem. If mm-hmm. you control your own page. They want you reading books. They don't want you writing them. Mm-hmm. We don't want the cats who write books out there. We want the cats who read books because we're presenting the books that they need to read. And the right. language has to coincide with whatever our narrative is. Right. Fuck their narrative. So that's where we're coming from. We're trying to reestablish that. That's why I love a Hobson. I love a Joyner Lucas and these guys. They're expressive on where they go. Oh, that's why we do what we do, CJ. It's like, you know, we... we um you know, going back six years and trying to figure out what the next move was for us outside of music, you know, here we are. And, you know, the premise is to bring back that feel of like, you know, a, a college radio scenario, or whatever the case may be. Um, yeah. we, but we play what we like. We play what, what yeah, sounds about good. the art. You know? Yeah. And, 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 you know, surprisingly for us come to find out it's a gang of young dudes out here doing the music the right way. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, luckily for us, um, there's so much music out. We never play the same record twice. Um, <laughs> and, and you go through and you, you cut through all the bullshit. We play the, the, the top of the top, what sounds the best. We don't care who it is. Um, you know, like I said, we, we, we're fans of, of the key turners and, and the, uh, um, Nolan, the ninjas and, 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 you know, just artists in that, in that frame. And we want them, we want to see them win and, and we want to see them win the right way. Um, if, if, if we get any, notion that they might be on some fuck shit is is you know they short-lived over here with us you know right. what i'm saying right. um I, I, it's just interesting times right now but but you know i just go back to just to hear you brothers talk and where y'all are and, what, and the way y'all moving i can appreciate that shit man 100 percent, man i love it man i love it dude it's an honor just to be on a nostalgic mindset Sure. Mm-hmm. Period. Yeah. You know what I'm because see, see, we can we can have dialogue. You know, I can't really have dialogue on cats who want to joke. Now we can have fun. Mm-hmm. We can do all the things, but not when you make a buffoonery of a real deal historical craft work. This right. Right. Is a real deal historical craft yeah. work. Yeah. Yeah. There's a there's, there's a mantra behind hip hop. It's not just, it's, it's the dancing, it's the graffiti, it's everything. Mm-hmm. How we wash that shit out is bugged out to me. They yeah. still do in golf what they used to do 50 years ago. Mm-hmm. They still do in hockey, in baseball, in basketball, the same shit. The stock market works the exact same way. Right. How the fuck would you break, fix something that's not broke? Right. This shit was not broke. Nah. Last time I remember, the Budweiser Fest had a rainbow coalition of artists. Mm-hmm. Beastie Boys, 
Run DMC, um, Big Daddy Kane, yeah. Public Enemy, Houdini, Bismarck, none of them motherfuckers sound alike. No. But that's a collage of shit. Now you got people that have <laughs> 10 artists, 10, 10 fans. He might have 10. They all might have 10 fans. But together, if it's five acts, that's 50 fucking fans that get to see their, their favorite act. And the right. act they didn't come to see, they still get to see them because right. they brought all walks of life. Right. That's gone. That is fucking gone. Because little yeah. Bop Bop and little whoever the fuck <laughs> out there. Little Bop Bop. You know what I'm saying? Dumb dudes. I'd be <laughs> damned if don't nobody come out next week and that's they rap. Yeah, little Bop Bop and them. Hey, you, you need <laughs> Oh, uh, you, you might need to trademark that. You might need to cut to, that out. Get, you get your paper yet? Stop, stop talking, CJ. You, you, you're, you're giving the people too much right now. You're giving, won't, won't. Stop it! Stop, Meeks. This, this, this is a this is a this this needs to be a call that's not recorded and not publicly published. Oh yeah, man. Well, yo, brothers, look, we we took we took a gang of y'all time tonight, man. Um, I can't wait to hear these these fucking breakbeat records, man. Butcher played me yeah. one uh, uh, like yeah. over the phone, and I I, yeah. I can't wait to hear these shits for real. What you play? Did you play the Nautilus sounding one? Or yeah. So, yo, on that note, on the way out, man, Woo. just tell the people, just tell the people, just remind the people of who you are and what y'all got coming up where they can go put some bread in your pocket or just, just follow or subscribe or whatever, man. Let the people know what it is. Butch, you want to lead that? Well, we got, um, like I said, we're working on CL Smooth. Um, and again, John Doe is going to be a part of that with us. Um, we got some breakbeat project we're trying to do. It'll be all vinyl release for overseas. Um, we're working with, uh, I'm in print overseas. We're going to try to release that with them. Um, once all this stuff gets a little trying to get over this COVID scenario. Um, and just, I mean, you know, we got Key Turner, you know, Ray Luga, just other artists um, that are surfacing, people going to work. I got my cousin down in Charlotte, um, Young Cat, you know, he's trying to do his thing, you know, more track-based, but he, he he's super talented, multi-instrumentalist. So we're trying to grab all the young hands as well and help these guys and guide them. And he's, I love him because he's receptive to our minds, you know, so... He calls me all the time just for advice on what to do with his career, you know, and things like that. Um, so, you know, I just love having that around, man. You know, we just want to try to bang things out, man, and just stay active. You know, the doors opened up with this Marcus, um, this um, Rob Swift Sinister Project, and that was the intent for us. We just needed to get back in the game to show cats we still doing it. And now we want to take that and run, move forward and just introduce a lot of other projects, you know. And so I know me and Doe talk about doing, trying to, come up with a crazy idea to do some stuff as well. Even with the breakbeats, we talked about that too, doing some stuff just like right. that. So, yeah, yeah. Um, all of us, yeah, man, together, collaborate, man. We have our own forums, you know, we do what we do. And I think we just have to, have to work as a team, man. Unfortunately, that's been, that's been elusive for me and CJ throughout our career. We're trying to bring people on board and work as a collective group can't happen. I don't know why. Whereas you go out to California or, the South, I, every time I'm somewhere else with other producers, they have a team of 10, 15 people who just work. But in New York, mm-hmm. dude, the mindset is me, 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 I, 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 always. And I think that was always a big hurdle, dude, like trying to get by that. Because no, everybody wants to be a part of what you're doing, but nobody invites you into what they're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was like all this competitive 
stuff going on, man. And I don't really got time for that. I'm not somebody who would run into the clubs to rub shoulders and smoke weed or do whatever with someone just to sell tracks. You know what I'm saying? If, if you didn't like me for what I could do, then you're not going to like me. You know what I'm saying? It's, right. it's simple. I'm not kissing up to anybody. Uh, and yeah. that could be why our careers didn't go further, you know, but I'm, I'm, I'm content with that, dude. Like, you know, I said, I want God's path. And so wherever that took me, that's where I am, you know, and I'm still good in life. So I don't feel regretful because I'm still doing it and we still right. doing it at the highest level. So For sure. we will continue to do that because it's in our DNA. And again, it's purpose. You know what I'm saying? And it's not about the dollar. That always comes. You don't got to chase that. But that's, so, what, you know. It's funny. We were talking about Chuck D earlier. Uh, CJ, I think you mentioned Chuck. Uh, I think he's been mentioned a few times in here, but uh, I, I read a, uh, I was reading an article by him a couple of years ago and something really struck me and butchered to your point where um, um, Chuck felt that one of the, uh, I guess, strengths about uh, what happened with public enemy is that there, there was a, there were a number of people that were all kind of, you know, unified and they were moving as one unit and um, everyone was, you know, everyone was just kind of moving towards this one common goal without getting trapped up in all the other, you know, uh, outside noise and, and, and whatnot. And, you know, when I really think about it, you think about like the S one W's and like everything that they got around that entire, that entire movement back then was um, really kind of unheralded. Like you, you don't see that at all anymore. No, at all, at all, dude. at all. It's just tough. Um, and even Dre and I had it, you know, I mean, everyone was kind of watching how the LA cats were moving and doing the same thing. Um, but it got infectious with them, you know, Shug Knight and various people coming on board and destroying that. But that yeah. was the platform, you know what I'm saying? Um, but again, it's just, you know, uh, we would see, you know, one person gets on and they become crazy, dude, like dictators for the most part. Like, you know, and thinking if you don't go through them, your career will never happen. Things will never happen. You know, it's hmm. uh, and everything's you know, so solo oriented now too. Like there are no groups anymore, right? No groups. Yeah, no there groups. are no groups anymore. No groups dude, at all. It's insane. Yeah. There's guys that come together for an album to make a group for that album, but there's no group movements. No, no, nope. no. Yeah. I mean, you think exactly. about like PE, right? I mean, even like the, the woo was kind of a loosely a group, right? But I mean, you think about P, like you had Bomb Squad, you had the production team, you had Flav, you had Chuck, you had dancers, you had you had like the whole, yeah, the whole thing, man, like the whole, like you had a brand, you had a package, you had everything, right? Yeah, you know, they they had even production crews, man, the same thing. So so deaf, you got yeah. There's no production teams anymore, right? Right, not no. Everybody's everybody's homeboys that team up, and we get together tomorrow. And we're apart next month, you know. Right. It's, it's no, it's no system, you know. The, the what is it? Um, the Death Squad, and you know all yeah, of that. Mafia. Yeah, I mean, just you know, different things. All these groups, you know. Yeah, with all these production teams at one point, that's kind of either quiet has gone away as well. Even you know, like Mike Will, like remember, you know, Meeks, like Mike Will was like had a, had a stable of guys, and like it even seems like those guys kind of like have broken apart now, and everybody's just doing their own thing now. It's kind of weird. Yeah, well, that's that. W- that was the mentality to begin with, you know. Um, you got to think these these guys that initially came together as a crew. In the back of their mind, you know, they were just waiting on that moment where I could strike out on my own. Right. That's yeah. that's always going to be the downfall. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, it's no one for all, all for one. Sister. Right. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's always going to be the downfall. As soon as, soon as I see that little bit of light come through the crack, yeah. I'm out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. CJ, what about you, man? How you want to end it out? What you want to tell the people, man? Man, look, we trying to refresh the 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 the, the air with 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 a good following of infectious, the new infectious music. Because it's new now. It's new. The old shit is new again. And and, and I think we're in a good time because unfortunately it took a bad situation to actually birth some good shit. People are thinking now. People are thinking they they just, you know, they're not satisfied. You got cats who are discovering that they got brains. And we actually got to think our way through some shit. So right now we're going to take advantage. We want to put some feel-good music out there that people can think thought-provoking music, you know, um, whether it be instrumental or, you know, a project or whatever it is. And we're trying to fusion people. We're trying to bring people together. You know, we, you know, tell everybody we got a home over here. Come on, get down. Let's do this. Let's do that. Let's rejuvenate. So on that note, you know, we just trying to re-inject good feel systems into the music once again. And we and, and I think we got a good game plan in order to have some real great success. Dope. Dope. There it Thank is. Thank y'all, man. This has been incredible. Oh man. Thank you, man. What a way to what a way to take the raglan bitch known as 2020 out, man. This is this is uh well, I'm excited for what's coming up, man. We appreciate y'all taking the time, man. Seriously. So I mean, we we've been talking for two almost two and a half hours right now. I think we're gonna scrap the mix show this week. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck the mix show. This'll be it. Yeah. This is just, this is how you wrap up a year right here, man. We're just gonna yeah. drop this shit on Tuesday. And we get we we're gonna start again, you know, uh, you know, with, with some new Take joints and shit out, in twenty twenty one, man. This is fucking yeah, this has been a blast. Man, I mean, you you're the dude, man. Like and I, for me, man, it's like meeting good people. You and I, yo, man, have been straight from day. You one. can't do that no more these days. Can't do that, dude. And, and I hold that as a bar for me, because I, I I'll talk to dude and be like, dude, why is it that we can talk about something and get something done with no problems? But then everybody else have, has ulterior motives, dude. Yeah. Not anything other than I'm like, what is that? Like, me and Doe help our dude Chris Lowe from Steezo get the situation going. And we know what he, you know, he was like, yo, what do y'all want? It's like, dude, we want you to get your situation. We're not looking yeah. for you, but be your thing. And he's a really cool boy. He was super happy. Like, he couldn't believe me. He calls me, thanking me to death, thanking Doe. But you don't have people like that. Everybody else want to be in the middle. What's my cut? Well, That's right. We should be producing Nas. I've already had an idea for an album for Nas for the longest. And you would think with our connection, it would be so easy, but there are so many middlemen that so want to block that from that. So many, so many people that got to get a piece of that. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. And I'm like, you know what? Then I'm not pursuing it until I can get in front of Nas myself. You know what I'm saying? Because I know what happened when we're looking at each other. But all these other individuals, I'm not even gonna waste my energy to let that happen, but it'll happen. You know, God makes things happen on His timeline, so everybody else doesn't matter. That's right. that's what I see. As long as we right. keep working, you know, and, and things are showing what we can do, and you know, something pops off, dudes will come. Oh man, that's my dude. Let me holler at him. You know what I'm saying? Like God makes things work, so I don't stress that. I don't even think about it. We just know what our what we're supposed to do with the drivers, man. We're gonna keep doing that for everybody. 
No doubt. A, I, I am going to take Chris Lowe up on those fucking chicken and waffles, though. He keeps talking that shit. A big ass <laughs> like. like I, I'm, I'm going to need like, uh, you know, I got I got four kids, man, that are, you know, and some very hungry kids. I'm going to make him buy me like fucking like six boxes of takeout wherever we go. <laughs> dude, he took me to this high restaurant out here in Dallas. And, you know, do everybody ordering steaks and all that stuff. I saw chicken and waffles. I was like, I want chicken and waffles. He looked at me like, dude, I bring you to this high-end restaurant and you want chicken and waffles. <laughs> hey, man. I said, dude, that's not what you're doing. <laughs> I was like, when I show up to a Chinese joint, like the people always say like, oh, this is incredible. This is incredible. This, let me have the general. So like, like every, every, every single fucking time, just, I just, I'll take that. Let me get shrimp fried rice. If you can't. Right. Exactly. Good, right. I don't want to go to a pizza party. I don't right? care nothing about that shit you got. None of that other boom, boom, bop shit. I don't, I don't want that. That's right. If you can't make a good a good slice of cheese pizza, forget oh, about cheese. it. Ain't shit good on that menu. <laughs> <laughs> you know what Word. Word. But thank you for having us. Dude. Oh, thank you, brothers, man. This has been a nah, blast. This was awesome, man. This was awesome, man. There will be a part two to this motherfucker. I don't know about all that other shit. We we gonna do this again here. Here we yeah. get this COVID shit. We, yeah, come yeah, to the lab. Come to Atlanta. Cool. Yeah, we're going to do it. We're going to do it right. We got to do this project, Meeks, man. I'm salivating over this project. Hey, look, look. We got songs now. We got man. joints now. We're going to send some stuff to Yo, you. I'm going to tell you like this. I was um I was chopping it up with uh, Chong Wizard over the weekend, man. Um, um, And I had sent him some music a little while ago. I just I just wanted to critique because me and the homie John Doe and me and my man uh, DJ Pocket, I got some projects in the stash that I would love to put out, but I'm not excited about putting them out. Don't make, um, don't make me play one right now. The music is dope and all of that, but it's just like I know, I know where I am with it right now. I'm not gonna have no physicals. It's gonna be digital, blah, blah, blah. It's only gonna do X amount, right? X amount. You know what I'm saying? And and my other thing is, um, come to find out over the years of us doing this show. We don't care who you are. Right now, if you put music out, you got 14 days. Yes. That's your that's your shelf life. Yes. I think I think Buster is the only one that's about to break that right. because he's he's taking this shit back to his violator days. Right. He's gonna run ELE two until this same time next year. I guarantee it. Right. Yeah. Um uh, he's got a video for every joint. Every just, song. just, just released a deluxe joint and all of that. He's right. killing it right now, and and it's and it's deserved. You know what I mean? So it's just like that music's um, old too. Yeah, exactly. Well, that, that he, he said been, been we're talking about five, six we're years. About, uh, yeah, nah, eleven. Yeah. Try eleven. Yeah, yeah. Twenty. He said plus he years. twenty plus years. Some of them verses. Yeah. I, Oh my God! I tracked some of them verses. Really? Wow! wow. Yeah. That's crazy. On other songs. That's crazy. That's a fact. Yeah. So why does that? Ha- why did that happen? Like I don't understand. It's just it's it's what we just got through talking about. As to where the music is now, Buster can't survive in that shit. Yeah. I mean, we talking about we talking about another artist that that was in the 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 uh, the aftermath dungeon. You know what I mean? 
Never to have a project come out on that, whether it was Buster, Rakim, whoever, whoever else. Dre so wait, so wait, wait, wait. So we're saying that Buster was waiting for this thing to come back around again before he dropped. It, it's just he said it was a number of things. His pops passing away, the the whole Chris Lighty shit. Uh, um, it just kind of just wiped him out. But at the same time, he did what he had to do to keep himself relative. Um, Chris, the Chris Brown records, the to whatever else features he was doing and stuff like that. But this was this was his opportune moment to do bus. And and he he doing it. He gonna run that shit until next year sometime. Watch. That's a fact. He's already yeah. showing the pattern of doing it. But you know, at the end of the day, it's timeless. When you do good again, you stick and move, hit and not get hit. Mm-hmm. You preserve that mantra of craft work. It's gonna it's gonna have lifespan. It's gonna yeah. have lifespan. These young kids don't know what's dope until you give it to them. Right. Mm-hmm. They don't know that. His fan base just grew to these 17-year-olds. Yeah. Just freaking, but they didn't, they didn't expect that. They didn't right. expect that. We were already there. We, we, we recognized good music. You mm-hmm. see, you heard it? That's hot. That's dope. That presentation is incredible. We put yeah. dude, we're showmen. We're showmen. Yeah. We get right. on that fucking stage. We light the fuck up. Yeah. These cats can't come on behind us. No. Nah. It's impossible. Nah. You're right. We put a se- we put segments together. Mm-hmm. We used to taking patterns and putting them shits in song mode. We do that shit live. Yeah. And that's what he did. He made a live fucking album. No doubt. That they don't know. They think he did that yesterday. He ain't fucking nah, yeah. yesterday. Uh, this was this was this was in the making, man. Yeah. Been in the making. Remember Apollo Kids before we get off real quick. Drew, do you remember Apollo Kids with um Haas produced for um for, for, for Ghostface? Yes. All right. Remember Gimme Some More with Buster yeah. Rhymes? Give me some more. Give me some more. Remember that? When I think it was the first Extinction Level event album. Yeah. Okay. I tracked those records. I mixed those records, right? He had joints on that album, this album here, which was before that. That's crazy. That's crazy. Wow, really? Think about this. You talking 99. Yeah. Yep. 20 years That's ago. Exactly. Right there. Exactly. Crazy. But Sean yeah. told me that he had been recording. He knew that he had been recording since like 2014 or 15. He told me he had like 10 albums. He said, Drew, the dude got like 10 albums worth of material. Yeah. He, he doesn't know it, even know what to release. So he just yeah. grabs songs and put them together so he can keep doing that and keep yeah. recording. But I guess, you know, like you said, the, the, you can have all these songs, but the current tone of music is different. Yeah. But you know, I guess guys are realizing they still have their following in their zone and they can go digital internet wise. You don't need the radio because we have a mindset, oh, we need the radio to do this and that. But a yeah. lot of people aren't. They don't get radio play, but they still got a hundred million followers on Yeah. Music. And that's that's not that's not our mindset at all. But I, I will say this, whether whether I do a project with, with y'all or if it's John Doe, if it's my man Pocket, whoever it is, I want to do it justice. I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't, I I don't really want it to just be some digital shit that we just dropped out there. You know, I, I release, I release this record on my phone. You know what I'm saying? I push the button and, and now it's everywhere. I don't, I don't want to do that shit. I'm, I'm seeing too much physical merch out here. I'm seeing, you know, cats, you know, doing a thing and, and building a brands up and stuff like that. And I would, I would love to, to, um, 
to to go in that direction. You know what I'm saying? It's been, you know, last two, three projects were just, you know, hey, we put it out. And that's about all we could say about that. I'm trying to get to that. I'm trying to go yeah, a, a step further, man. You know what I mean? Animated, so, all of this is an animated approach to it. Yeah. Just animate your approach. And yeah. we could, if we get involved, I promise that shit will be epic. Yeah. Because we, again, we might annoy you once in a blue with spending <laughs> a little time on XYZ, but when it comes back, that motherfucker's going to be like, this shit is hot ass bacon in the pan. It's going to be Yo, crazy. bro. And, and you picked the right I'm, snare. I'm wanna, you picked yeah. the right snare for sure. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you one of my, one of my strongest <laughs> assets is patience, man. I will, I, y'all will not annoy me. Uh, I'm not, I'm not in no hurry to do nothing, man. Y'all find the cowbell, the right cowbell to go on. This <laughs> we'll be good. Right. We'll be right. good. But yeah, man, it's, uh, let's, let's, let's do it, yo. I mean, I'm, I'm open, man. And like I said, you know, we, we, me and John, me and John got the distance between us too. Like y'all, you know, because of the COVID shit, but, um, I'm, I'm set up over here. I'm, I'm in, uh. I'm in the works to to getting this thing right to whereas um at some point I can I can reach out and let people know, hey, I'm 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 viable, I'm doing my thing. Um maybe I need to be doing some features right now, something like that. Fly me the beat, let me work on it, I send it back out to you or whatever. I'm open for whatever, fellas. So we can Meeks do it. Meeks can write too. Meeks can write. He don't even have to rap. He can write. Nah. This guy, this this guy's, uh, this guy's, uh, uh, fucking uh, chorus and hook game, dude. Hey, he's crazy. Yeah, Meeks is crazy, dude. You got to hear. Y'all got to give us. Saying, I'm saying. You got to send us to join. See, I'm crazy. You about to embark on some history? Is that's all we talk about? Let's do it. Let's do it. That's what it sounds like to me. That's I'd rather be involved with that than anything else, man. He's right in pocket with us, dude. Meeks is crazy, dude. You don't love him. All right. Yeah. But, yo, right. man, I'm looking forward to this to the to the to part two, whatever. I don't give a shit if it's if it's a three, six. four, five, six, seven, man. Don't yeah. worry about it. Four, Speaking five, six. <laughs> <laughs> let's do a let's let's do a Halloween day. There <laughs> we go. All good. Yeah. Man, y'all brothers stay safe, man. Stay up, man. Well, man. Stay safe in this shit, man. Please. Word. Word. Thank y'all. Right. Peace, y'all. Yes, All right, sir. peace. No doubt. Word. All right, Meeks. There you go, man. Yeah, man. We ain't we ain't done one of these joints in a minute, man. Like I know this this, is, this uh this so, rivals um the Nappy uh, Roots interview. Nappy Roots. I think Nappy it does. Roots and uh and Count Base D. I remember uh I remember when we finished with Count. Count was like, man, y'all need to break that joint up. It was like we ain't really got that kind of time. Count. <laughs> we gonna, no, we, we gonna let- drop. The- we're going to drop the whole four-hour interview, man. Exactly. Fuck it. exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? But nah, um, awesome, man. Awesome, man. That's This This. This is why we do it. You know what I mean? That's how so, you wrap up the year. I I, I wasn't yeah. intending for us to wrap it up this uh, this way, but this is fucking uh, it's perfect. perfect. It's perfect. Perfect. All right. Perfect. It's the guard, George Doe. Meeks. Southern Vanguard Radio. We out. Peace.